11 o'clock comics episode Because it's the episode's going to be like over two hours. Now, nobody knows. Nobody freaking knows what you're talking about. That's perfect. That's why it's the intro. It's perfect. <laughs> <They're> so <laughs> with so, the intro so I got planned, nobody's going to be able to hear it. <laughs> Sweet, must have done. The uh, yeah, you know it. We'll have we'll have two or three questions per person because you know if if we have if if ten people ask two questions each, that's going to be that's twenty questions right there. Who knows ten. how long it's going to take to answer? Especially these, with four of us. Who are these tent people, and why are they asking us questions? Because they want you to pitch it, baby. What's <laughs> funny is that they actually expect serious answers. That's right. That's true, too. So, Hello, everybody, and welcome to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> I am E.F. Houghton. <laughs> no. No, I'm no, you're not. not. You're Jason Wood. I'm Jason Wood. <laughs> oh, say, we, yeah, we totally trashed the it's intro now. I pissed Chris off somehow last week subtly because he's he's been out for me in all in all forms oh. of new media this week. As, you know Blogs, why? Internet, Twitter, Twitter. Because you're pretty. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why. I am no. pretty. Because he, he hates because you're strong enough to take it. Right up, right up, yes. up, the, right no. up the Hershey <laughs> Highway. There you go. I'm I'm uh, not EF Hutton. I'm Vince B. Hi. I'm I'm Christopher Neesman, and it was brought to my attention that uh, our our introductions are, uh, as we announce ourselves, are starting to sound more and more like alcohol anonymous uh, group meetings. That's perfect, <laughs> especially for me tonight. I'm David Price. Mm. Dave, David, did you take over the drunk the drunk hat from me? Last, I think last I think I, I think I did today. Yeah, I think I did. Nice. Good, good. I wouldn't I mind don't know how angry the, I'm going to be though. I wouldn't mind wearing the dope hat. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> We got one more person hiding in the shadows. Hello, introduce yourself. Yeah, Chris didn't introduce himself yet. Yes, he did. Oh, oh did he? Damn, I must uh, be drunker than I thought. Oh, uh, I'm, Lord. I'm Telford Porter. <laughs> no, you're not. You're Jason. You're, oh, you're Jason Wood. Oh, what's up? Hi. Uh, Hi. Damn it. Where are you guys? For those are playing we? at home, Telford Porter is who? I have no idea. I just went with you. What? The Vanisher. That's oh, right, you demand. The Vanisher. Wow, the Vanisher. that's that's really Get it? fucking that, 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 that's those great, you know, Marvel Self-support. names, man. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, why you, you know Stan Lee got... greater than or equal to <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the universe of the comic that I read for tonight, yeah. But but not my universe. Oh, oh, what what did Grant Morrison that. write this week? No. Oh, You're close though. You're close. Oh, Alan Moore? No. Uh, Peter Peter Milligan. No, <laughs> Warren Ellis. 
Uh, oh. Yeah, let's just let's just get this train rolling. Oh, Grand Light. Do it. Okay. Train wreck rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, what are yes. we supposed to be doing right about now? Oh, yes. Announcing uh, Windy train. City? Or, oh, no. Announcing okay. <laughs> yeah, so Windy City comes <laughs> Wait, David is in a fucking mood tonight. I'm going to love this. David's he, awesome. fired up. I love it. Bring in the heat. <laughs> he was catty as hell today on the forum, too. I know. If, if somebody typed, David, you're quite attractive and very intelligent. What the hell are you talking about? What do you mean? Up your ass. You know? <laughs> I'm going to have to make right. a, a cute kitten montage for David later. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's let's get to the drink roll call, which uh, mine is a little bit more uh, uh, re- uh, reserved this week so uh, yeah and apologies again to uh to uh jeff lemire for for me uh um, breaking bad on him about drinking that uh weak-ass canadian whiskey i shouldn't have done that um uh wood why don't you lead us off uh i'm having a whiskey sour uh well several whiskey sours i should say which uh for those playing at home is uh whiskey my my choice this evening is uh johnny walker and uh, I'm using some sour mix that we had here, although you could obviously make your own sour mix. There's lots of ways to do it. And I like to put a little uh, little orange wedge in there as well uh, to switch up the flavor a bit. So nice. it's good and, stuff. Uh, I had a, uh, an uncle, I think, that used to, to drink uh, BV sours, the black mm-hmm. velvet sour. Oh, those are it's still tasty. And I never had a scotch uh, sour before. It, it's, it's good, man. This is uh, I'm loving every, every every sip of it. Right. Have uh, right. have either of you guys ever had a uh, had had anything made with uh, Pappy Van Winkle? Oh, Pappy makes extremely good, extremely um, expensive, and sometimes yes. overpriced. Extremely overpriced bourbon. Like if you want to buy a hundred and twenty five, hundred and fifty dollar bottle of bourbon, you can find those. If they're twenty here, yeah, yeah. It's it's fucking corn whiskey. It shouldn't be that expensive. But yeah, <laughs> so yes, I am familiar with it. Okay. Never had it. I I just, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't had any. It's yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Where does where does Johnny Walker fit into your pantheon of whiskeys, Chris? Is that an allowable one or? Uh, it's Scotch. Well, okay. <laughs> but that, I am not a Scot. I'm not a Scotch drinker. Uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a bourbon drinker. And if I were if I you know were on a desert island and I didn't have any bourbon, and I would yeah I like I like Johnny Walker. Um, I, I'm probably a fan of the of the black. I have had the blue, which was damn tasty. It was yeah. it was pretty it's pretty amazing. Um, Despite my penchant for drinking Don Mimosas back a few months ago, this is not Johnny Walker Blue. It's uh, it's black. So okay, and I and really for like a mixed drink uh, using Scotch, the red is is good. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I just didn't have it. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have it. Yeah, my dad. My dad actually uh, likes the the Johnny Walker Black. So, yeah, I would I would compare uh, Johnny Walker Red to like a Jim Beam. You know, if you're gonna um, from like bourbon to Scotch, I guess. Tell you Price what, range. I'll send your dad a case of Johnny Walker Black if he builds me some of those kick-ass comic <laughs> 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 Yes, I'm coming to you from inside the Neesman Fort right now. So, um, uh, Vince, what are you drinking? I mixed it up a little this week. Got something new. It's from Tannin Black. <laughs> no, it's from it's from the Victory Brewing Company. Oh. It's it's called Hop Devil Ale. Ooh. Okay, and it's really hoppy. It's it's actually okay. quite delicious. On the front of the label, they have a a hops a little. Are the, is one called a hop? Or is, yes, they are, It's a hop, but it has devil horns and it's it's anthropomorphic and has a face and a little tail. It's pretty cool. 
And where is Hop it brewed? Devil. It's brewed in uh, Downington, Pennsylvania. Downington, really? Yeah. Pretty cool. 6.7% alcohol by volume. The mythical Hop Devil resides in the lore of our farmers. I didn't know that. It's the real deal. Supposedly, it's spicy and menacingly delicious. It is very tasty. Real hoppy, though. If you don't like hops, uh, steer clear. Don't tempt the devil. But it's good. It's, it's very tasty. <laughs> I like a good hoppy beer. Yeah. Uh, Mr. And, and Mr. Price. Oh, I'm looking sorry. at the bottle now, and it's lacing all over the place. It's like a curtain of lacy goodness streaming down the sides of my bottle. David said, no. See, I was about to say, I thought you were going to say bowel, but okay. Uh, I am, I'm having some wine. I found a new uh, a new vineyard. Uh, Barefoot Cellars in uh, Modesto, California makes some really good, uh, inexpensive wines. And I picked up a bottle, a real big ass bottle of uh <laughs> not not at not in a box or a jug but it's 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 the larger size bottle and it's a one to one and a half liter and uh it's their merlot and i'm not a big merlot drinker but this is this is really really good and uh i've been working on this since about seven so nice. i'm having some fun nice <laughs> sweet yeah, is it's been a very stressed out uh, group of podcasters this week. I think it sounds like everybody's ready to go. <laughs> hmm. yeah, I had you, a good week. You did, yeah. You yeah. seem to be happy. With I, didn't, I didn't have any problems. I wasn't well, catty on the forum to people. That, <laughs> that's what you mean. <laughs> like some others. Well, I am getting ready. <laughs> I am getting ready for my trip to uh, to Mexico. First vacation in quite a while, so. Uh, in preparation of that, I'm having a Dos Equis Amber tonight. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. I very much like that beer. It is very tasty. I hope you don't get tagged by a stray bullet. Cause I love what, what was that? You're going to Mexico, right? Yep. Well, mm. it's you know it's not exactly Christmas time down the, there. The best place to be right now. But I'm, well, yeah, I'm, but I'm, I'm, I will pray I'm, for you. I'll do the rosary. But Vince, I'm I'm <laughs> going because I'm going to be a drug mule. Oh, cool. Yeah, so Please. I mean, this is this is this is financial, you know, fin- financial reasons for going down. Nice. There. Can I push your stool in? <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> no, I think we're going to a place that's relatively safe. So, Neat. just gonna go down there for a nah. couple of days. Gonna enjoy it. So, anyway, is there a, a special reason or just? Yeah, I live in Chicago and it's fucking cold. <laughs> it's spring, <right>. man. <laughs> not here. It's not, man. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah I know. I know. Still, still wearing coats around here. No, we we had not. We we had kind of just a, a cool opportunity to pop up where we could take a a, a, a really reasonable, uh, reasonably priced trip down there, and it was one of those you know can't turn it down kind of things. It was it was so cheap. So it's uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna get out of here. It's gonna give me a chance to to kick back and relax. And actually, uh, I think I was telling you guys uh. Um, I don't know. I was actually talking to Suntress. Uh, got all my uh, my stuff together for uh, for what I'm going to take down there. And one of them is uh, uh, Wood got me the 10 cent plague for Christmas, and so I'm nice. finally going to read that. Uh, Jeffrey Brown's new book, Funny Misshapen Body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got uh, the Starman Omnibus Volume Two. Awesome. Um, over at uh, Around Comics, our book club uh, selection right? right now. Yep, the Adventures of Luther Arkwright, which Brian Howley nice. is fucking insane. You betcha. Um, that's all I gotta say on that. Um, uh, one of uh, uh, one of our buddies, Brandon, is trying to get me to read some uh, some manga. So I'm taking Appleseed, which he is letting me borrow. 
Nice. And uh, and this one will make Vince happy. I'm finally going to finish up The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck. Oh, wow. damn. That's it's been re- yeah, it's uh, been far too long. See if you can score a couple peyote buttons for the Luther Arkwright book. <laughs> Is that crazy, huh? Yeah, it's awesome. It, it I was, was thinking definitely... about picking it up uh, to play along with the Book of the Month Club, but I haven't gotten a chance yet. So. Actually, uh, Cameron over at uh, InStock and DCBS just emailed me yesterday and said that because it's our book club selection, they're uh, increasing the discount to 45% off. So, nice. So, there yeah, is... I th- it's like 10 bucks. Yeah. There's a sequel, too, you know. Heart of yes. Empire. Mm-hmm. I like the sequel equally as much. It's very good. I'm I'm looking forward. I've actually started the beginning of it, and it is it is like fever dream crazy. Mm-hmm. It's you, you really. It, it's one of those that I started reading it. It's like no, I'm gonna need to sit down and dedicate some time and not split this up into you know reading you know 15 minutes before bed or whenever I have a a break on the you know here or there. I need to sit down and dedicate you know some you know a few hours to to this thing. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy stuff. Very good, though. Hey, this is Daryl. I forgot to talk about this before, but I'm loving the, the Thunderbolts now, Christos Gates. That's, that's a good book. I'm getting that. Love it. I'm not a Deadpool fan. Nothing against them, but I'm not a Deadpool fan. Why would you put a crossover between Thunderbolts and Deadpool? Especially when you're just starting to run with a new creative team on both books. I don't want a fucking Deadpool book. And and for Deadpool fans, if they don't get Thunderbolts, why should they be stuck with a crossover when they want the Deadpool, but they might not want Thunderbolts? That's bullshit. I don't get that. Comics are too expensive and shit like that. I can see if it was two Avengers books, it would make sense. They can cross over. But Thunderbolts and Deadpool, they're not alike. That's what is crazy to me. Later. Fuck it. Hey, it's Daryl. It's a book that I forgot to talk about. That was Captain Britain, MI-13. The book has been solid since the first run, the first couple of issues, which was an arc of Secret Invasion. I mean, it's just... It's Captain Britain and, and Black Knight and um, Spitfire and um, Blade, and they made Blade a cool character in the book. He fits in a team book at that. I mean, it's just fun. The art by Leonard Kirk is, is, is beautiful. Paul Cornell, he writes a, a solid team book. Pete Wisdom is actually likable. I mean, he was an ass all through his... Uh, Excalibur run, but he's actually likable. I mean, now they have their war with the vampires. I mean, Dracula, they had they actually had vampire bombs going off. I mean, they're actually at war with vampires. It's fun. So, check that book out. It's a good one. Later. Fuck you. This is Daryl, and I know the secret of Twilight. They are not vampires. Tell everyone that you know. Twilight. It's not a book about vampires. They're not vampires. I know the secret. If I don't make it, pray for me.
Pray for me. What do we got? Reading. What a oh jeez, lots of stuff. I tell you what I did do in preparation for future episodes. Since I get my books from DCBS, I can't always read everything that comes before the next shipment arrives. So mm-hmm. what I what I do is I just take the books and stack them where I stack them. And after six seven months, I have a lot of books backlogged. So what I did was I pulled all the successive issues of Booster Gold, line them up, put them in a box. I did the No Hero, like all the series that I've been falling behind on. I, I put them in sequential order, waiting for me to dive into them. So I have no excuse for future episodes of not having. I'm, I won't be unprepared. Let's just put it that way. Uh, I, that's, I, yeah, that's actually, I'm looking forward to your No Hero talk. Mm, yeah, look, looks great. And I, I did read the zero issue, but that's where you know I began and ended with the zero issue. So eager that's to get into that. that. Why is that? Because uh, well, it's exactly what I do. I I, I put them in order, and then kind of get get around to catching up on series and it's it's startling sometimes how many issues i fall behind yeah when, when did I that was, this, go that? ahead no no go ahead <laughs> oh no i was just gonna say uh, th- this week I, I did a lot of that i and it was mostly marvel stuff that i had just uh fallen behind on and um i read like five or six issues of invincible iron man i think five six issues of x-force um yeah caught up on uh guardians of the galaxy which i had fallen three issues behind but I find it just the way you're doing it now. I think that it works much better for me to do it that way because mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's psychological or what, but it's just always easier for me to pull out a stack of the same book and almost read it. Um, not like a trade, but just kind of you get your mindset around it and you can remember. Uh, I was going to say, guys, there, there are these there are these things where about every six months or so <laughs> they'll collect a run. Yeah, of yeah, I know. Yes, but but not for everything. If you're yeah. if you're talking Marvel, you're safe. DC maybe not so much, but the 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 other like Image, you, you never know when the hell these trades are going to come out, if at all. So yeah. I you know I read 16 straight issues of Proof, and I think that's the way to do it, just one big bite and and digest yeah. the whole thing at once. Well, we were talking. Well, I have uh, a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, go I was going to say we were talking about uh, 100 bullets a little earlier. Was that before we before we got going? Perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I. Honestly, I stopped reading 100 Bullets somewhere about like issue 60. So I'm 40 issues behind, but I had all the single issues. So about that time, I was just like, you know what? Yeah, I'm just going to keep getting them. And I'm going to take at some point, probably this winter, whenever we have another big snow, I'm going to take a weekend. I'm just going to read all 100 issues, you know, consecutively. So I. Yeah, I know where you guys are coming from with that, and I, I was like, no, I don't want to switch to trades now because I I have them, and that's probably a series I'll end up having bound at some point. Well, I prefer mm-hmm. prefer to read things in trade anyway, but I haven't been able to break the the floppy habit. And uh, to tell you the truth, a lot of the series that I've fallen behind on, I plan on having them bound and then reading them. So mm-hmm. uh, the more pressing things, I want to read first. Like sure. uh, I f- I fell off the gravel wagon around issue four. So I have a bunch of that to read. It's just a, a ton of books to stack up really quickly. I didn't even finish Why the Last Man yet. Wow, no kidding. Yeah, and I've I've managed to stay away from any kind of spoilers for the last issue. I heard it's very sad, but that's yeah. all I've heard, and that's all I want well, to hear. What I found 
with me is that uh, it's usually the series that I, I love and the series that carry a lot of weight to them that I want to make sure that I sit down and I really pay attention to them. So, you know, not to, not to say that, like, Amazing Spider-Man is great. I really enjoy it, but I'm not going to let those stack up because it's usually a pretty quick read and it's fun and and I look forward to it. But something like Scalped or 100 Bullets or Why the Last Man or Fables, it's like, yeah, I can probably go six or eight months and then mm-hmm. read you know, six or eight issues. So, yeah, I, I feel you. And we're doing the, the companies a solid, or the creators, rather, a solid by buying their books monthly, which is the way they want you to do it, and we're reading them when we want to. So it's like the best of both worlds. Well, you know, speaking of bound books, did you guys... Um, uh, uh, yeah, have you guys checked out Travis's? Yeah. Good for him. Good you know, for him. I was, it's amazing. I, it's, for those that don't know what we're talking about, there's a, uh, a forum member, and he's on a bunch of different forums. Is with Izzy. I don't know. If, I'm sorry. I don't know, know his real name. If you guys know it, but uh, but he's really into the library bonding stuff, and he's done some beautiful stuff. And he posts it on the forums. And so he posted about a month ago that he had had a bunch of stuff getting bound, and for a special reason, um, he's he's getting married. So he wanted to to get a uh, an engagement ring. I'm going to assume for the sake of this that, <laughs> that his fiance doesn't listen to our show uh, <laughs> or fiance, but. Uh, <laughs> but he posted he, he bound some things and put it on eBay. Um and I guess the two choice things were uh the complete Miracle Man, which he had custom bound, and the other thing was uh what was the other Flex Mentallo. Yeah, Flex Mentallo, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it was stunning because um you know, as a longtime collector, you're taught if, if you you know, if you're the kind of person that collects or has any view that that modern back issues are worth anything. You're taught that you know you can't do anything to hurt their value. You know signatures hurt their value. Uh, you know messing up the covers hurts their value. If they're collected in a trade, they don't have the same value. If they're second printing, they don't have value. So you would think that taking these issues and putting them in a you know having the the spines cut and glued into it, a bound it, it, it just it destroys the comics uh, as far as yeah it's I mean you're 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 cutting the spines the comics yeah yeah so right you would think that that would that would so you would think that that would limit someone from selling a bound ish a bound book of something that's got real intrinsic value and yet yeah it doesn't it's can i just interject for one second and you're breaking up like crazy okay um yeah i don't see it as destroying the comic though well, but from a but from a collector right. standpoint, exactly yeah. right. It's if like if you're, you're talking you're, pristine yeah. mint, uh, resellable book, yeah. which we've been proven wrong in this instance to a certain degree. But if you're talking traditional back issue, yes, it does destroy that aspect. You're of not it. But the art's action. never going to go away. You are not going to have Action Comics number one bound. No, if you're a dumbass, yeah. maybe yeah. <laughs> well, no. but you know, and then, like I said, we're all dumbasses. We just have to admit it. Sure. Yes. But to that end, I would think Except that me. Miracle Man is a relatively hard series to come across in floppy. It's it's yeah. it's worth a lot of money. It cost you a lot to buy the back issues. I and anyway, Tra- Travis decided to put these collections together and sell them on eBay. That smart bastard got over two thousand dollars for the Miracle Man book. Yeah. And almost seven hundred dollars for Flex Mentallo, which was Ugh. seven issues. It was a seven issue bound book, including I mean, I think they all came out in nineteen ninety six or nineteen ninety seven. And he got yeah. almost seven hundred dollars. So Well Flex Mentallo is only a four issue miniseries. Right, but he the, put three the other three were Doom yeah. Patrol issues, yeah. Correct. Yeah. But the point is is that 
number one, kudos to him because I, I was stunned, and, and I know, I mean, that's an impressive haul. But two, it, it makes me wonder if the beauty and uniqueness of a custom-bound book doesn't, for certain things, now apparently enhance the value. Because clearly, you could, if you were diligent enough, certainly have sought out the Flex Mentalo issues for half that price at most. Right. And that's for high-end, you know, high-grade copies. So, But those things are always going to sell. Those two series will command big bucks, regardless I wonder, of... I wonder what uh, like a custom-bound Watchmen would go for on eBay right now. No, sir, just, I wonder if you could get, I wonder if you could get four or five hundred bucks for it. I bet you could. Uh, I hope not. I really though, hope not. Even though I you could you... go to the store and buy a hardcover of Watchmen. Yeah. I, you know, I sold both of those series. I, I sold my Flex oh, Metallo back in the day and I sold my complete run of Miracle Man. I didn't get anywhere near what he got, but, and, and I also thought, you know, what's the deal? I'll sell them, they'll put them in trades. Well, they, uh, no. they, were, they, they, were, they were absolutely beautifully bound, though. He oh, yeah, did, they were nice. He did a fantastic job picking color and, and font. Oh, he's and all very, things. very good at that, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, were, they were absolutely gorgeous. And so I, I was, was watching the Commandy like a hawk. He had the complete run of Commandy bound in three separate mm-hmm. volumes, and it, it went up to like $31, and the next time I checked, it was 60 and I'm like, shit, you know... I really want these. I said to myself, I will go up to 150 only for the luxury of having them bound. I have all the issues, but to have a complete run of Commandy on the bookshelf, like I'd need the, uh, what's that towel that picks up the, they were talking about in the forum. The sham wow. The sham I'd need like a, <laughs> a, a dozen of sham wows to, to contain myself. But so I'm watching it, and you know what they went for? I stopped. I don't know what the final price was, but after it, it got over $200, I said, okay, I'm out of this. Wow. Yeah. I need to start binding shit and selling it. Yeah. I've, seen, I've seen some of the old Fawcett, it's, uh, Captain Marvel stuff that was bound, and this is years ago that I, that I saw it on eBay go for big money. It was, you know, but it yeah, was amazing. it was the old, yeah, but it was the older Fawcett stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. Very That's my preferred format these days, binding them. But you gotta have them, gotta have them bookshelves to put it on. Oh, you betcha. <laughs> That's gonna happen. All right, let's talk about comics. Let's do it. What do we got? Besides lots of echo. I mentioned um, Spider Man. Uh, mm-hmm. Which we we don't talk about Spider Man that much on the show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not lately. Uh, so much fun this week the uh, the return of the spot have you guys have you guys read it yet I didn't read the latest one no I just uh, I caught up to everything until this week's issue I finished character assassination over the weekend and and yeah I haven't read the latest one yet well char- character assassination I, I like the ending of it but boy uh, you you get you, <laughs> if you're reading it weekly you really start to get the uh, the feeling that it is a soap opera I mean Spider-Man is such a soap opera book right now. It's you know, uh, you know Harry's girlfriend and you know this relationship and that, which you know is is kind of fun. These comics are soap operas for you know men like us, I guess. But uh, no, this last this last issue had the return of the Spot, who's kind of a a joke villain, but <laughs> uh, uh, kind of the continued darkening of the superhero world. He kind of comes back and he's a badass. And I don't know if, it, if people are familiar with what the spot's powers are, but he can basically, um, he, 
he's a teleporter. He can create these black holes and go through them into another dimension and then come out in another, you know, in another area through these holes. So, uh, it's kind of like the first time uh, I saw, what was the X, X2, whenever, uh, Nightcrawler, uh, went through the White House, and and yeah. that was kind of the first time I ever remember thinking of Nightcrawler as a badass with <laughs> his tele- with his teleporting ability. Well, it's the same thing with the Spot in this. It's like, wow, he can really f some people up. So um, it was a great standalone one shot uh, written by Fred Van Lenny and um who's doing some some great stuff uh and the artist i'm going to totally butcher his name um uh sequeria s i q u e i r a sequeria yeah okay um yeah beautiful stuff uh great story and i won't give it away but one of the best um uh one page Oh shit! He didn't just do that to him. Pages I've seen in a, in a while where the, yeah. the 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 spot just really um, um, he he pones on on Spider Man pretty bad. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. great. It's great. I didn't I didn't read it, but I paged through it. This uh, Sakara is it that you said he's he's got some chops. Very yeah. nice art. I, didn't he do? Uh, I think he did an issue. His last Spidey issue was uh, was a story written by. Three of the brain trust, I believe it, it was an overdrive story, and it was t- it, it was from three different point of views. If the name does ring that bell, so I think this might be his uh, his second Spidey story. And if it's the same guy, yeah, he he's, he he does have it. Yeah, yeah. I hope they there, keep him on. Yeah, there's also some very funny um, uh, Batman humor in this <laughs> from the movies, and uh, yeah, it, Spidey is just it's it's a it's such a fun book right now. It's um, I've kind of decided that it's probably the best Spider-Man I've ever read. Uh, as much Ooh. as I love, no, seriously, Ow. as much as much as I as much as I I enjoy and love the the Lee Ditko and the Lee Ramita stuff. Um, this is so reminiscent of it, but has a really modern writing taste to it that uh, that it makes it. Yeah, I'm I'm having as much fun with Spider-Man right now as I ever have. It's wow. it's it's really nice. that good. See, Jared, I think this incarnation of Spider-Man owes a huge debt of gratitude to Jerry Conway. I was just going to say that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see that. But uh, you know, they're but they're hitting on all cylinders, and it's the it's the perfect amount of homage to what has come before it, but with a modern writing sensibility. It's like if 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 uh, Stan and Ditko or Romita mm. were doing Spider-Man today, this is what it would be like. You know, this is <laughs> what it should be like. What? Oh, uh, <laughs> it's a it's a ton of fun. That's why I love it. And I'm crossing my fingers that it stays fun. Which I'm what I'm getting at is keep Dark Rain out of Amazing Spider-Man. Just I, I know it's pretty much impossible with the central character and the Dark Rain thing going on. But I I do not want to see all that crap spill over you into Spider-Man. The latest solicitations from Marvel? Uh, no, because I automatically pick up Amazing. I I don't want to read. No, I don't want to know. No, no, no. I I don't mean for Amazing specifically. I just mean have you seen how many Dark Rain oh, yeah. minis yeah. tie in? It's unbelievable. I that's know, fine. and that's I saw fine. a couple that are Spider-Man related, but they're they're 
self-contained miniseries, like four whatever issues, and that's great. But to me, if it doesn't spill over into Amazing Proper, which is what I don't want it to do, then what's the point of reading those those miniseries? They're just shooting blanks. They're wasted efforts. Well, I mean, I yes, they do generate I, money, but... Because I'm not reading Spider-Man. Have they acknowledged at all the, the Dark Reign continuity yeah, yet? Or um, no? They're... Um there was one kind of real quick comment where um, where Peter is running late for something as usual, and he's kind of running down what uh, you know what is sucking in his life right now. And he mm-hmm. mentions that uh, that his arch nemesis basically uh, runs the free world, mm-hmm. and um, so it it is it, it's it's recognized. It's part of it, but they're they're really more focused on Harry and not Norman right now. And kind of this real fun parade of bringing back a lot of the classic, classic villains. And you know, you look at what's going on in Marvel and I think that they've taken, they've taken Norman Osborn and they've turned him into more of an overall Marvel universe villain, which is kind of nice to see him outside of, uh, just the, just the Spidey books. And, and I think they're going to, you know, he'll make appearances in Spider-Man, but it, it's kind of nice to see him be the villain for the Avengers. It's kind of like mm-hmm. when, uh, when Doc Doom would show up in Iron Man, it's like, eh, he's not one of Iron Man's, you know, quote unquote rogues, but it, it's, it's nice to see him in another book besides FF. So, um, yeah, I, I, they're doing a real nice of, uh, nice job of walking that very thin line of keeping Spider-Man connected to overall continuity but not having him be tied down by it. Right. But the thing that, that boggles my mind, uh, I sometimes page through Avengers and I see Spider-Man in it. Mm-hmm. And they make no mention at all. And I'm eight issues or nine issues behind in Amazing. They have not mentioned Spider-Man being in the Avengers at all in Amazing. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Yeah. And that's how, that's how I want it. Well, that's because why I, I think the, 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 the character, Peter Parker, and the cast, the supporting cast, are strong enough where they don't need the rest of the Marvel Universe. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why and, I asked, Vince, because I just, you know, the I read the last few issues of the Avengers, and... Um, you know, certainly Spidey's a member, and it's the whole Norman Osborn and the new, you know, the Dark Avengers, and it just—I was just curious to see. Uh, the reason I asked is because, to me, Spidey's reaction to Norman taking over in New Avengers is way too benign. <laughs> and I don't know if David agrees or not, but but it just was like he made basically a quip about it, and and that was that. And it was like, okay, really? I mean, this is pretty much your arch nemesis. Like, you would do anything to, to end him, right? So I just, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I was curious to see how they're handling it in the spider books. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's nice. It's it's kind of like a Green Lantern in, you know, that the Hal Green Lantern is in JLA, but, you know, he's... <laughs> He's kind of he's kind of busy, you know, in his own book. You know, it's just like you know Wolverine being in you know fifteen fucking books at the same time. It's it's kind of nice as a Spider-Man fan right now who's not reading the Avengers. I don't feel like I have to. I don't have to read the Avengers to to get the whole story of what's going on with Spider-Man. Right. You know, I'm glad you brought up Wolverine because um, there was a book that came out this week, a freebie from Marvel. The Wolverine saga, which listed oh, all the, the listed all the beats in the Wolverine mythos and all the high points and and what you should be aware of and what what quote unquote matters 
in the universe of Wolverine. Uh-oh. And Jeff Loeb's evolution story is canon. Did you know that? Okay, we can stop. Dude, it are you is. Think you need to hang up? <laughs> no, but I mean, I saw that and I was very surprised. I said, you go, Jeff Loeb. You go. For, for, <laughs> for creating this wonderful little tale of the lupine evolution, which is perfect for Wolverine. <laughs> Are poking the bear? <laughs> Let me think. The worst, my worst nightmare would be if Jeff Loeb was made editor in chief of Marvel and Arthur Soydem took over uh, oh. the Avengers. I think that would be sort of. I'd probably give up comics if that happened. Oh, don't shit on Soydem. That <laughs> I like that, Soydem. That, that Ghost Rider cover, the last one with the oh, redhead, that was sweet. Yeah, with the caretaker. Yeah. Sweet. Swipe that from. Uh, himself, oh. he he oh, dipped oh, into yeah. his vast pool of resources and said, "I'm going to create a totally new image for my fans, my many many fans." Okay, good, good for him. It's good to know he can still do that every now and then. Good on him. Good on him. Speaking of, speaking of Green Lantern, since Chris brought it up, I read um, Justice League of America number thirty-one today. I believe oh, it was thirty-one. I, I, was I've actually, I've I've heard good stuff about this. You did. Yes, I oh, did. Oh, yeah. Well, can, um, can you? I guess um, I didn't hear that stuff. Yeah, can you? Can Can you tell me where I can find this good stuff? Because it wasn't oh, in this issue you. I read. Oh shit! I, I, I will. I will leave that person anonymous so they can speak for themselves. <laughs> Thank you. But okay. but I have I have heard uh, good things about uh, about this uh, this Justice League. Now, about this, this issue or about it, this uh, Justice League that's going to come out of it, like uh, the team. I've, I've I heard uh, well. I'll let that person speak for themselves. But the rundown I was given sounded like it was a it was a pretty cool issue. Are you talking Let's about Sal? I I, been, I I I am not to to. Are we to supposed say, to listen to around comics on Monday? Person's name. I I will say one thing. It read very good. I I enjoyed the story very much. That's where it began and ended. I don't know. Because right from the beginning, I was a little... Zatanna is saying, is, is, is asking Dinah if she's okay, but she's talking to Wonder Woman. What? The first page. Oh, don't make me dig it out. Yes, I'm going to make you dig it out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The first goodness. page, the satellite looks like it's crashing into the orbit. It's crashing into the Earth. And the you, orbit. And, and you see, yes, the orbit, the big stick of chewing gum. And... <laughs> and and you 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 see a word balloon and it says Dinah and then there's another one and it's it's coming from Zatanna and she she asks again Dinah you seem like you you know you zoned out there for a second but she's talking to Wonder Woman bad, oh bad lettering you know I had um, I can't I find it, was, it. I, I think it was, uh, was Josh Flanagan I had seen had tweeted something about the lettering in JLA was um, that there were some issues with it this this week so maybe it hmm. was. Wrong board balloons. Ah, uh, see, so I don't know. To talk about the the because uh, Rob Lee's been doing the color, the, the the lettering for on this book for as long as I can remember, and I don't think confusing Wonder Woman's alter ego and Black Canary's alter ego is is easy to do. Um, maybe there's a script problem yeah i, I, prob- I didn't notice that but you know okay. you put a, you put a chick in a panel with fishnets she could be blah, 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 okay, blah. No. i wouldn't even okay, pick up on it you know <laughs> this and i'll let you look at the panel because you don't even get to see legs in this but it's oh no no it's just it's, it's it's talking heads but i i don't know i 
I've seen I've seen Shane Davis do better work. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, uh, I've I don't I don't know it, it, I I kind of want to see where Vince is saying where how it it, it it read good or read well, but I'm it's all over the place. It it's, it seems to be you know it's it's not Black Canary's day obviously, and and Hal's right up. The, I mean <laughs> I love Hal, but he's 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 a uh, I think he's he's having a contest with uh with, with Scott Summers as to who can be a bigger prick leading a team. And it That's pretty supposed big. to be a prick. Yes he is. He's he a is. cop. He is, absolutely. Which explains, yeah. you know, why you have the whole big glowing green lantern thing shooting down in front of you. But the uh it, it's oh, good I, God. I, I, yeah, good he God keeps, dra- keeps dragging that dead horse <laughs> everywhere he goes. Hey, it's yeah. how I got big muscles. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I'll wait yeah. till till Vince rereads it, or you guys check out Justice League of America. I don't want, I don't want to bring us down, so we'll move on past that. Shane Davis's art on Rage of the Red Lanterns was ridiculously good, and and it, it maybe it's the inker on this. I don't know, but it does not look like the same dude. It doesn't. It, some of it has has kind of like an Andy Clark from Rebels look to it, in, in some some. Things not not completely right, right. But that um, that very linear, almost chiseled style, and it's it, yeah. And I I don't know who to attribute it to. I, it wasn't. Uh, there's no such thing as horrible art, but it did not look akin to his work on Rage of the Red Lanterns, which was phenomenal. Although although I'm not really feeling his uh, his recent covers for Trinity either. That but, too, right, right. So I mean I. For for whatever reason, I mean it's 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 a McDuffie book. I, I want to see where it's going. This was Black Canary didn't exactly endear herself to me with this issue. Um, you know, I can understand her frustrations, but it it was just like I I, I finished it and I was just like I, there was nothing. I'd I'd rather go back and read an issue of GI Joe. I just but I wasn't. It, it was an interlude though. It was. It absolutely right. was. Right. So, you know, whenever you you see that word used in, in uh, relation to a story, you know it's not going to be all that of huge import. Let's just put it that way. Like the interlude in um, the recent Spider-Man story was good. Yes. But, again, it was an interlude. It was a distraction, a diversion, whatever you want to call it, making way until the main storyline could kick in again. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it was incredibly bad it, it was decent but not you know it wasn't as good as the issues that came before let's just put it that way uh, well it depends see, I, bet, I, bet. I was just going to say that that there were a couple issues recently like especially the faces of evil issue that uh, i think this kind of ekes it out a little bit in terms of which one i prefer i've been pretty disappointed with with jla that's that's a book that should be the consistently best book that DC puts out. And it's, you're right. it just seems like they've had a, a lot of trouble getting it off off the ground. And and I don't know what it is because it I mean they've put good good creators on it, good good artists, good writers, and it's just kind of missing that little magic something that makes it a great book. And I want to love JLA so much and I finally dropped it. I didn't get this issue because I was getting bored with it. So yeah. You know, I, I, th- I guess I'll have to go pick it back up. It just, I, it just. I, I think, I think McDuffie, maybe Meltzer to some degree. I, I didn't read any of the uh, 
Burnett issues yet. I think they're handcuffed. I really do because obviously this Justice League, when Meltzer started it and he finally formed a team after God only knows how many issues and you know, you had the big three. You had many of the or most of the the founding members from the original Justice League of America in the book and uh, at least you had the big three but uh, (laughs) the now you have again a couple of years after it happened the most recent time you're you're without your big three you know it's a world without superman batman and wonder woman yet again and and they explain this they they, they touch on that in this issue and and uh you know black canary's not happy about losing the big three and this is you know who the team these heroes are going to follow these three anywhere and everywhere and if they're going away because it ties into to what wonder what's going on with wonder woman it ties into the worlds of new krypton you know batman's not around so it at least it's it's tied in it's plugged into what's going on in the main dcu which it should because it's it's the justice league of america and it should be their big book but it's um like chris is saying he's just and and i i think whether it was editorial or or whatever but i don't think I don't think McDuffie is, is able to tell the stories he wants to tell with these characters. It, it's such a hard book because, and we were talking about this earlier today, that with uh, you know the X-Men or even JSA or any other team, Doom Patrol, whatever, you can, you can tell kind of whatever story you want, but whenever you have the biggest hitters of of mm-hmm. whatever universe that is, and it happens with JLA and it happens with the Avengers, is that if every storyline you're not saving the world or the universe, it's almost a letdown, and it's hard. To, uh, it's hard to do that, you know, every single storyline, and that's kind of what I felt with with the whole Meltzer and then McDuffie run is that the stories haven't been big enough, they haven't been JLA enough. But it's hard to do that every single story. So it's not it's not a it's not an easy book to write. So, right. and then like when Morrison was on the title, you had the most arguably the most inventive comic book writer of his generation, who only stayed on the book for a certain amount of issues. Because how many stories can you come up with that are as important as like you said, saving the universe? You can only I mean, there's only so many stories to tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not On the other hand, though, you look at the classic Avengers or some of the older Justice League stuff, or even you know when the Claremont X Men, and not every story was massive. You know, right. I mean, we remember it all fondly, but it wasn't well, no, all massive. Why, that, no, that's why. That's why I'm saying with X Men, you don't have to. You can have. You don't have to save the universe. Well, ever. the same thing. But time. Avengers, plenty of the my favorite Avengers stories were, you know, them fighting one guy that. In reality, that really shouldn't have been a problem, right? I mean, I, right. I'm just saying. Like, I, I don't. I think I don't think every arc has to be the universe is about to be destroyed because I think that get pretty tired. But I do agree that something since the relaunch, and that includes the Meltzer stuff, uh, it just hasn't really clicked. And I thought McDuffie coming aboard would be the click for me, and it. And I'm still reading it, but it hasn't. And to um, to David's point, while I think you're probably right that editorial has some role to play here, um, to be completely fair, he, you know, Mc, there's no characters closer to McDuffie's heart than the Milestone characters. Right. And he got to bring them back for an arc, which I can't imagine editorial had much say as to what he did there or how he did it. And and 
and I, I mean, it was a, it was okay, but I don't know that I read that arc and was like, oh man, what a great way to bring the milestone characters back. You know, I, I didn't really feel like, but it, I don't think it, it, it didn't let the, the milestone characters didn't shine in that, in that story. It was, uh, why isn't that the, not McDuffie's fault though? I'm saying he, they're his, because characters. he was, that doesn't know, but it, they're his characters, his, well, Partly his characters yeah. in a DC flagship book, in, in 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 what should be DC's flagship book, you know, not not including Superman. It's that they he still has to go by with whatever. Okay, well, no, we we can't have we we can't have Red Arrow look too much like a punk, even though Kendra's already doing that for him. If if uh, <laughs> if you know, we 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 can't have you know Twilight, you know, make him look like an ass. I mean, the same thing with like you know. Hardware, hardware is another one who's a prick, and that kind of came through in the arc. But he didn't come across as somebody you don't want to fuck with. And 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 Icon, Icon was, was all Icon got to do was sit out in space with Superman while they got to talk about how they got over on everybody. And so like, you're playing exactly to Wood's point. That's if, what I'm saying, right? If I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that as being McDuffie's fault. <laughs> he wrote it. He didn't. The story he didn't did write, write itself, it. buddy. No, no. But I'm not okay. All right, you're right. No, no, so, no. We're not. We're not jumping on you. But I, I think, understand. I think that. what Wood and, is saying ultimately, the characters underperformed, and that's the fault of the writer. What they should have, what they should have done was, yeah. if they wanted to bring the milestone characters back in a big way, dangle the carrot in JLA. And then do a six-issue milestone series miniseries. Well, I don't think we're going. I don't. I don't think we're going to need the six-issue milestone series because it looks like we're going to have uh, the affirmative action Justice League coming up because there's there's an image that leaked that had uh, Vixen and John Stewart and Hardware and Icon and uh, and Doctor Light and basically I think and, and Firestorm. So. I don't, don't tell me they're not calling it the affirmative action. No, action I doubt they are. I don't oh, think it's okay. the JLAA. It's it's oh. just it's um <laughs> it's <laughs> I no, you're right. You're right. McDuffie wrote it. And but I'm not saying, you know, I'm going to jump to, you know, I'm going to say this just from my own assumption. It it could have been uh, it's a paycheck, you know. I mean, did, yeah. do you do you think he wanted to write Fantastic Four with Reed, Sue, and Ben and Johnny, or did they say, "Listen, Reed, Reed and Sue are going to go find themselves, and you're stuck with T'Challa and Storm," and and so he got to write that Fantastic Four. You know, you're, well, you're given with whatever piece, the company then. gives you. Well, and I'm not I saying I, you're right. Yeah. He might have said, "This is the story. This is exactly the story I want to tell, and I want to have this great." fucking done in one in the middle of my arc talking Ooh. about Starbreaker and, well, you know, and written by Len Wayne. I'm coming down on DC and the editors of Justice League of America because I don't think this was as good as it could have been and I don't... Yeah, you're right. I don't want to blame McDuffie. I don't, I don't want to look at Dwayne McDuffie and go, yeah, this, this. I, I was really hoping you'd write a better story. I want to blame someone else other than him and I'll, I'll admit that. But I don't think... I don't think it was really his fault that that the milestone characters they were second fiddle to the Justice League, and it's fine. It's a Justice League book, but I don't think that was a story that it was uh, that that it could have been. And that's just, I mean, that coming. Yeah, from me. I guess that's where I'm coming back though to why I don't quite, I'm not quite vibing on your point is that is that he created the milestone characters. Even if they said, "Dude, you got to bring the milestone characters back against JLA," but obviously, you know, the JLA has to win. I'm sure he would have gone. That doesn't mean he couldn't have written them where they were complete and total badasses. I mean, plenty of arcs over the years of various and sundry there you go, Vince uh, uh, characters ding, ding, ding. and teams 
you know, they had the villains be total badasses. Like to to the uh, to Vince's point on Morrison, you know, Morrison wrote um, what is it? Uh, Pr- Prometheus. That's his name, right? Um, yes. In that in that first arc, the dude all, was this close to beating the JLA single handedly, and mm-hmm. he's a pretty, you know. I mean, if you take a step back, he's kind of a corny character. I mean, he he, he he's like the taskmaster, only he needs to put CDs in his head to learn, right. build, you know. But so I'm saying, like to me, I mean, McDuffie had he had the pages to write them. Uh, he could have written an arc where you know three issues into the arc, it looks like the JLA is getting their asses absolutely handed to them, and then and then somehow or another the JLA comes back and wins. But he kind of chose to make it like they were. It, it almost felt like he was trying to protect their innocence in the sense that he didn't want them to be outright villains. He wanted them to be manipulated and forced. And so if you're um, going to write a story with, with those characters, why not just do a team up? Why have them fight each other? You know, well, I thought that's where it was going to go. Actually. Yeah. I I see that. And I can, I can understand that. I, I, I would only add that, uh, that I think DC and whether they, they're in their, right to do that or not is they're going to, even though we're talking 10 years ago, they're going to let Morrison do whatever he wants to do a lot sooner than they'll let McDuffie do what he Very wants true. to do. Very true. Yeah. Well, and case, then, final crisis, not to beat that horse, dead horse already, but uh, Morrison obviously got to do whatever he wanted in that book. And, and if anything, that was probably, there's a case where, where you could argue DC editorial made a mistake in that because if you're going to let someone write your big hyped event book any way you want, you better be damn sure that the way you have everything else occurring with the other writers before and after has to fit into that, and it seemed like they didn't really do that. So, again, I'm not blaming Morrison. I think you you should know what you're getting into by letting him write that book, and I enjoyed it fine enough. But, again, clearly, I think even if you were a big fan of Final Crisis like Vince and I were, it, it's having trouble really fitting into where the DC universe was before, during, and after. I'm not sure it's even really been tacitly acknowledged in anywhere except for maybe the Batman book, which Morrison wrote too. So, Well, you know, taking McDuffie's back for a second, the Milestone arc was followed by a Faces of Evil issue. Mm -hmm. Not followed. Okay. Interrupted. uh, Interrupted. A Origins and Omens issue. So he may, those may have been on the docket before the milestone arc and he had to either ramp ramp up his milestone issues to fit within a certain amount where knowing that the special quote issues were coming up he may not have been able to write the story he wanted to but again even in that instance it's still kind of sort of mcduffie's fault Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the guy as a writer, but I was a, I love the milestone characters too. They could just appear in one panel, and I would be praising it to no end. But as far as the grand return of these wonderful characters, it kind of wasn't. Oh, you're absolutely right. I yeah, agree. It kind of wasn't. But I, I I'm hopeful that they will rectify that situation and and do mm-hmm. do right by these characters because they are some wonderful creations. Really, sure. they were some of the best books back in the day. Oh, hello there. Matt Howell here, but you probably know me as Matt Howell on the message boards. I just wanted to take a moment to invite you all to join us at the 11 o'clock comics book group. At the end of each month, we select a new book to read during the course of the following month and partake in some smashing discussions. 
There are no commitments, fees, or pressure to read each and every selection in our book group. Just gads of stimulating conversation and literary enlightenment. We'll be voting on April's selection until the evening of Monday the 30th. If you are interested, pop in to the board and vote on the selection you'd most like to read. We'll announce the new book and post the reading and discussion schedule for the coming weeks. Please visit us soon. We'd love to have you, wouldn't we, Ulysses? <laughs> Indeed. Be seeing you. I have a question for you guys. And Prometheus has an extra-dimensional crib. The guy's a pimp. Prometheus is, is all that. And it yeah. kills me what that guy has, over the years, has, has come to. But now I think they're trying to fix that, too. He's a pimp. So can, can I ask my question now? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, there was is it a, about Jeff Loeb's evolution storyline? Because that is the it. bomb. Stop <laughs> it. Right uh, there was a thread on uh, the forums this week, which, uh, Vince, where can we find the forums? Forum.bullpenbulletinspod... No, no yes. wait, wait, wait. I was going to segue, segue. Oh, all right. Forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. But if you don't feel like typing all that stuff in, you can now go to www11 comics. Is that it? Dot com. Mm -hmm. that, makes one too, that, that makes too much fucking sense. That's badass. And we have. And first of all, if you would, type in out bullpenbulletinspodcast.com for 50, 49 episodes now, 48, <laughs> since there's no 13. There's such a thing as a bookmark. You know? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah. But we, we have no one but Wood and David, too, right? A little bit to thank for that? Yes, or, David. Or is, it, or is it all Wood? That's yep. all Wood. It's all no, weird. Not, not I, good, I, bought, I bought the URL for us, but David taught me how to make the URL actually finally go to the, the website that we own. So, um, but anyway, so the question. Um, excuse me, because I don't, offhand I don't have the forms up because I don't want to mess up Skype. But uh, someone you. posted basically a very. What's that? I'm just ripping a DVD. No, not that I, I don't want to mess windows. up with Skype. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? Uh, but the four. It was basically a a a. A, a take a thread that was a take on a don't ask frame. me what fucking comic made me cry please no oh, no, no, see, no, no. It, was a, it was a thread on on basically <laughs> flop it was a guy coming back into the the uh -huh. hobby and and sort of a question about he'd been seeing a lot of talk around about you know waiting for the trade and people buying trades versus versus monthlies and the pros and cons of that and it was a very honest question what are the pros and cons of buying monthlies versus trades and and a lot of us chimed in and I don't want to get into a big discussion of that because I think there there are plenty of legitimate reasons to buy trades and, and buy monthlies. I know I I buy both uh, for, for for different reasons, so I, I don't want to really get that. But but it did I did it did start me thinking on one of the one of the most commonly used reasons to people about why you should stick with the monthlies. And I've made this case on our show before versus waiting for the trade is particularly on the independent titles, which is to say that. Um, if you don't buy the monthlies of your indie books, you may never see the end of these indie stories that you want to see in your trade. Yeah. Um, but someone pointed out, I don't know if it was Freaky Tiki or someone else pointed out, that there is a flip side to that, which is to say that sometimes you can get caught up on the other end of things where you buy uh, the singles of a indie book. And for reasons, whether it be the sales weren't strong enough or the creators get another gig that pays more and they got to pay their rent or whatever – the series can never finish, and that can happen in one of two ways. Either it just literally never finishes, or uh, probably more likely, 
They never finish the run in single issues, but they resolicit the run in a trade form so that effectively if you want to actually get the end of the story, you have to rebuy many of the issues you've already bought. So my question to you guys is, I have to imagine with the number of indie titles that you all read, um, that's happened to you. And I was just wondering, A, what you thought of that, and B, uh, any titles off the top of your head that never really finished or only finished in trade form? Um, oh because I know God. it's happened to me quite a bit lately, and it's kind of bumming me out, but I understand um, that sometimes it happens. I, I, I really I really hope that Gutsville, eventually, I want to <laughs> get some sort of a, you know, a closure on that story. Um, the one that comes to mind immediately, and it was because Speakeasy... Uh, went out of business, basically. Okay. But um, uh, Joshua Falkov's uh, Elks Run, uh, I forget how many issues it was, but basically um, uh, two-thirds or three-quarters of the series had come out mm-hmm. in single issues. And then uh, after the, the speakeasy um, uh, debacle, they, uh, they came back and released it as a trade and uh, never released, I think, like the last two or three issues of the series. Mm-hmm. So if you had been – and, and, and uh, Falkov apologized. He basically said, hey, for all of the loyal readers that have followed Elks Run from the very beginning, I hate doing this to you, but the only way you're going to be able to finish the story is if you buy the trade, because we're not going to release it in single issues. But that was, I think that was more a case of, of that company um, going going under, and then him. Um, it got, uh, I don't know if you guys can help me out, but uh, Elks Run got picked out by another publisher, and I can't remember which one it was, but uh, that was, was one it case. Boom? Boom may have picked it up. Yeah, um, I'm, I don't know yeah, for, not sure. for sure. But yeah. uh, you know, critically and uh, critically acclaimed series, and it was one that uh, there was just no other way to do it. They weren't going to be able to release the final what two or three issues, whatever it was, and then release a trade. So, right. right. Well, I think well, probably the most famous one in the last what five, ten years is planetary right which supposedly is finally getting finished i don't know about that i no? think the most notorious one is martin wagner's hepcats Ooh, yeah wow because, yeah i didn't well, i didn't buy that, it i'm not familiar with that well he was uh a discovery of sorts of dave sims okay and it was a anthropomorphic series much like um black sad it was more of a slice of life type story where oh. there wasn't too much uh, action and intrigue in it. But uh, but I, I've never read it, so I can't speak about the story. But what I know for sure is he jumped into it whole hog. He got won some kind of awards like best new series or best newcomer, and had a mm-hmm. uh, a loyal following. Did I think twenty or twenty five issues, and then just said, I don't want to do it anymore. And hmm. never, never finished the series. Wow. Yeah. So okay. as, as soon as you say unfinished series, a lot of those who were burned by Hepcats will speak up because it was one of the, <laughs> yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. most egregious examples of someone just not wow. finishing a series. No, I'm waiting for the third part of Mage, but anyway. Yeah. Oh, well, hey, at least oh, you hey, weren't left hey, hanging. Though. I know. You're absolutely right. You're yeah. absolutely um, right. Speak, speaking of long-awaited, completed um, series... Did you guys um, pick up today on big numbers? Mm-hmm. Is that the, awesome or what? The third issue. Photocopies have surfaced of the third yeah. issue. So you go 
if you're an Alan Moore fan or want to know about big numbers, which was, you know, you talk to a lot of Alan Moore fans and they're like, when is, you know, big numbers number three ever going to come out? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So apparently, um, an eBayed, um, photocopy, which there are very few wow. that, that existed, um, surface and whoever won it in this auction was, uh, um, kind enough to make it available to the world. So yeah, which is the right way to do it. Absolutely. Well, I know a few of the of recent ones were um, for me Red Mass from Mars, which is a John Hickman uh, mini that that uh, we're all I'm sure a lot of people waiting for the last few issues, and he he's he's come out and said uh, that that unfortunately if you're gonna get the end of the story you're gonna have to buy the the soon to be solicited trade, um, which is a bummer. Uh, another one which um, 76, which I've I talked about back way back when we started <laughs> the show. Um, which was a lot of fun. It was a flip book, uh, you know, two two different series take place in the seventies. Um, Clay B. Clay Moore just twittered actually that seventy six is finally back on track, which is great great to see. But it it had a long hiatus, and uh, and and you know, I, I guess I'm kind of waiting with bated breath to see if it actually does finish out. But but I, I hope think it will. He's, I think it will. yeah, I hope so. Um, another dude, one we dude, we talked real, yeah? real quick. I've got I've got an ash can of 76 that mm-hmm. I got from Clay probably three, if not four years mm-hmm. ago. Like the first time I ever met him in Chicago, sure. he gave me an ash can of for 76 and sure. I'll have to, I'll have to send it your way <laughs> one of these days. So, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I have one, an example, Neil Gaiman and Michael Zuli, Sweeney Todd mm. started, Oops. started back in the pages of taboo. Steve Bissett's, uh-huh. Horror anthology never finished. Published where? Tundra. There you go, baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're there. Uh, there's another one too, which uh, if you're if you're going to cite examples of series that we never thought would have been finished Ooh. was Alan Moore's Lost Girls, which took a, a what a, a ten year break between yeah. the the last published yeah. issue and now the final hardcover collected edition have was you, published. Have you read that? Yeah, it's awesome. It's, yeah, I wouldn't it's, get it. Actually, it's I, so goddamn good. I, I don't, I don't even like, know where to start. The uh, the 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 final, or just the end of the Last Galactus story. Yeah, from the pages of oh, Epic Magazine, right? Yep, you're right. Epic Illustrated, baby. Yeah. John Byrne. Another one, oh. uh, which I think we've had one issue. Pretty pretty baby machine, which we talked about. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. Yeah. episode of our show here. Which yeah. <laughs> so that's a year ago, right? Um, oh, and another one. I. Uh, uh, I know Kevin Mellon, a buddy of the show who listens. Uh, he he and Phil Hester uh, did the Atheist Antoine Sharp, the second series, right, which was uh, good. The first one came out in July of last year. The second one I think came out in September October, and it's a four issue mini. And and I have it, the others have not come out, so yeah. I'm not Kevin even sure I've been solicited. So you know, Kevin, if you're listening, pop in the forums and let us know if that's ever going <laughs> to finish. I I enjoyed it. It's a uh, it's a cool concept. I mean, it it you know it's about a guy that's basically a skeptic and super super smart and kind of like a modern day Sherlock Holmes is just skeptical about everything, which I dig. So, you know, um, I was I was thinking about a series that that I loved and and had talked about quite a bit. Do you guys know if Infinite Horizon by uh, Jerry Duggan and Phil Noto did it ever finish? Wow. Hmm. I didn't I read no it, so idea. I don't know. I, it, it was. I really, really enjoyed what had come out. It, it was. It was nominated for an Eisner, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's finished yet. So, well, this is what happens when creators refuse to sell their souls to the big two, 
and <laughs> no seriously and try and go it on their own you run the risk of if sales do not warrant continuing the series you run the risk of never seeing the end and it's just mm -hmm. something that happens do you want to make money on a monthly basis and feed yourself and your family or do you want to take six months out of your life and do a complete series and publish it in one volume and don't see any return for six to eight months it's you know it's the nature of the beast well sometimes it's not just the self-publish it's not just doing it self-publishing because i mean what about first or eclipse you know sure. i mean if yeah that's true so or, even or, or like or or, or 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 speakeasy like like chris just yeah, said so i mean yeah, right. I don't think the the post negation. Well, I see CrossGen. CrossGen was completely because at least with with Eclipse or First, these guys were working you know on their comic books. Whereas with CrossGen, the way I saw it, you were an employee. You reported to work. You had to move down to Florida to work on a CrossGen book. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, so that was that was trying to recreate the bullpen from from days gone by. And and you worked for was it Alessi? Mm -hmm. Okay, I think Mark Alessi. Mark Alessi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, and I do believe that Tony Bedard did get a chance to finish Negation with ne the Negation War. And uh, I have them, haven't read it, but that's really the only series I would give a damn about yeah. CrossGen ever seeing it finished. The other ones were great, but Negation was the, the star in, in not my to, eyes. Uh, not to change the subject on, on my own question, but uh, Tony Bedard is kicking some serious ace right now. With Rebels. Yeah. Oh, Rebels. Yeah. Rebels really is, is sweet. Yes. A magical book. It is. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of magic, I want to talk about something. Go ahead. And I, I usually make a point between episodes to set certain things aside to read. And uh, I usually, I, I, I'll do about two or three different books. That way, if I don't really like one, I'll have... There's got to be something in there that I'm really hot on. So th for this week, I read Warren Ellis's Ruins. Ha has anyone read that? I, I have it. I actually I had it on the pile. I haven't read it yet. I should throw it in my bag to take to Mexico. Uh, I may do that. Well, be that as it may, and, I, and I'll talk a little <laughs> bit about it. But in between reading Ruins and recording tonight, I stumbled upon a book today at Borders, uh, a collection of books, actually, at Borders, that s the, f the m minute my eyes laid on them, I could not leave this on the shelf. I had to own it. And it just, uh, making matters even better, there was a 40% coupon offered. And it is, we all have pretty long laundry lists of favorite comic book creators. This guy is pretty high on my list. And when I use the word legendary in association with a comic book creator, a lot of times I could lapse into hyperbole. No. But in, in yes. <laughs> but in, in this man's instance, I don't think I'm, I'm exaggerating. He has created the Pulitzer Prize winning mouse. Oh, okay. Yes. And impacted me at a very young age with his uh, ace hole midget detective story in Marvel's comics book. I'm, of course, talking Art Spiegelman. Mm -hmm. McSweeney's. They're pretty well known in, in circles for their innovative book design. They have published a three volume set of Art Spiegelman's sketchbooks. In in three separate hardcover volumes. Oh yes, I saw this. Yes, and it's called "Be a Nose." That's the name of the of the collection. Be say it again. A, be a nose. And where that comes from is I don't know if any of you have seen it, but Roger Corman released a movie starring Dick Miller. I think it was 
in 59 or 60 called Bucket of Blood. And Dick Miller plays an artist, very frustrated artist, and he's molding a piece of clay and he's trying to extract the image out of the clay that he sees in his mind's eye and and he's working on it and he's going and he says be a nose be a nose it's about that point in artistic creation where not even the artist is aware of what will finally come from his work it's an ambiguous time where the the image you see in your mind's eye and what finally comes out of your hands is uncertain it's it's that uncertainty in creation. So Art Spiegelman has titled this selection from his sketchbooks, Be a Nose. That's entirely appropriate because the images in these books are astounding. It's it's it showcases a wide swatch of his career. The first um sketchbook is from nineteen seventy nine. The second is from 2007, and the third is from 1983. So you get a broad cross-section of everything this man has worked on. There are some images from Mouse, real rough drawings of the characters and of Vladek, his father, how he wanted him to look. Then you get the period where he worked on Raw Magazine with some of the greatest comic book creators <laughs> known to freaking man. Gary Panner was one of them. So you get these... Little ac- acrylic paintings of of the covers he uh, roughed out for Raw, and uh, actually there's a a section in here where there's a tear sheet. He actually ripped the page and did a an image on the f- on the overlay that meshes with the image underneath. That's what Raw was all about: innovative comic book design. So you you get that, but there's one image in the second book from 2007 that and this ties into the thread on the forum like what comics have made you come to tears this single image today if i i tell you if i wasn't at work i would have lost it uh seriously it's of a little bespeckled boy maybe about six seven years old you know his shoes untied he's standing there and in the background there's a seemingly endless wall of comic books. All of them have blank covers. And the kid is just, you, you see the child. I'm assuming it's Art Spiegelman as a child. You see him with a comic book opened, and there's a little caption on the bottom that says, the thrill that comes once in a lifetime. And, and I looked at this image, and I was like, oh, my God. He captured it. In in one image, which like nothing more than little black lines on white paper, he he takes all you know the the stupid petty concerns we have as comic book fans. Like my publishing company is is better than your publishing company. Superhero comics suck. Indies are the only way to go. And and he he levels the playing field and puts us all where we belong on this equal footing, where. I mean, it illustrates the one thing that everybody that's enamored with comic books shares. That that moment where the art form just pierces your heart forever, just lodges itself in your consciousness, and you never can shake it. That This one image of, of him as a child just looking at this comic book, and bang, in a second, the, the path of your life is totally changed because of of nothing more than images and words on a, on paper. And, and I looked at it and I was like Marty was next to me when I when I looked at it and honestly seriously it took my breath away. <laughs> this is the equalizer this is what we all share. G- can you not relate to this image? 
that, that I mean, I know you can't see it, but the, the, the time that you first realized that the comic book, the, this art form was something very special to you. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think that's, that's, you know, last week we were kind of self dismissive of the whole, let's not worry about saving the industry anymore. And it's, mm-hmm. but I think the reason we, at our weaker moments, always get back to that. And I think we all really do is that we, there's something special about this medium, right? And we, it's, yeah. uh, I, you know, I, I it's going to sound totally unconnected, but my father is, uh, is a very avid, uh, duck hunter. He loves to hunt duck. And I know what you're thinking, what else does it have to do with it? But he, I remember, being a kid. no, I remember him being a kid. I mean, my being a kid and him saying to me, you know, that he wanted me to experience it because it saddened him that things like fly fishing for trout and, duck hunting were going to be a thing of the past or a thing of privilege where you'd have to be really wealthy and be able to go to specific places to do it uh, with each passing generation. And uh, and it was important to him to sort of pass along, you know, the the joy of it. And I never really did get into to the hunting thing, but but I know it kind of broke his heart that I didn't. And it's kind of the same thing for us with comics, right, is that I, I think we just – because we've been in it for so long, we, we see the writing on the wall and that – you know the medium is going to change. It, it, if not go away, it's it's going to continue to change. And and yet, there are these times, whether it be a superhero comic from when we were fifteen or or something like you're talking about now, that are really profound. You know, and it, it really, you know, without being corny, is is truly an artistic, emotional connection to a medium mm-hmm. that part of I think the attraction is that we we now realize that so few people experience what we get to experience and, and it's a shame and I think on one hand we want to share that experience we want more people to be aware of it on the other hand I think part of the attractiveness to us is that it's somewhat you know we get it and a lot of people either don't get it or don't know that it exists so it's it's, it's kind of a conundrum but I, I I think we've all been there Vince I mean I, I, yeah. I you know definitely but, I think, to, yeah. but to see it so well illustrated in, in, mm-hmm. in what, what amounts to one panel of, of just black lines on white paper the power that that this medium has mm-hmm. to to elicit this kind of emotion i i looked i stared at this image and i was immediately taken back i was like six years old again mm-hmm. and 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 realizing this wonderful medium that i i was holding in my hands is something really special and to tell you the truth it's a once in a lifetime thing it it it, it never happens again you you, you can't have a revelation of, of the same thing twice well that that's what we that that's what we as comic fans are you know it's kind of you know what do they call it with the with heroin addicts you know chasing the dragon mm-hmm. that's what we do as comic book fans and that's right. why what's why we get so angry about it is because we're right. pat we're always passionately trying to recapture the magic that we felt as children with these books yep. and right. and it turns into um it's kind of too much anger uh, about it. It's like, you know, this isn't my Spider-Man. This isn't the Spider-Man I grew up <laughs> with, that kind of stuff. And so we find other ways to, to channel that, that frustration, arguing mm-hmm. about continuity or all that kind of stuff. But something, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm trying to imagine this piece of art as Vince is talking about it and as like this big wall of comics. And, and um, I told you guys I was redoing my comics room last week and I had posted pictures on the forum. And so I've got this big bookshelf in my room now and I put all of my, all of my collected editions on the shelf and I just wanted to get them on the shelf. 
and and get them put there, and then I would organize them later. And I just kind of decided, as Vince is talking about this, that you know what? I think I'm going to leave them unorganized. I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I think it's it's kind of nice that I can have my um, skyscrapers of the Midwest sitting next to my Kirby omnibus, which is next to my Alan Moore Swamp thing, and for no other reason. It's just actually kind of nice that I've got all of these different amazing expressions from different creators that are just you know butted up next to each other and if it takes me an extra two or three minutes to find something because i have to look past everything it's okay because it'll kind of remind me of what i have and it's like the grown-up version of looking through long boxes yeah Hmm. yeah i think i'm just gonna i think i'm gonna leave them just disorganized and it'll you know after time i guess i'll i'll figure out where everything is and it'll be something that you know i will know where stuff is and it's yeah i think i'm gonna be okay just leaving them (laughs) yeah jack wouldn't mind no uh, uh, another really neat thing about this image and i know i'm dwelling on it on it but all of the comic book covers stretching out into seemingly infinity they're blank there's nothing on them. That's what the, I haven't been on. The, the only comic that is visualized is the one that's in his hands. Huh. You could see panels and and uh, you know it, it as if he made that book real by by picking it up and 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 thumbing through the pages. That's I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm just an old softy, but this is a killer freaking image. It just it floored me. I I, I can't get past it. And um, but I mean, overall, this is such a worthwhile purchase. I would implore anyone who has any interest in comic art or or even the creative process, the the the, the act of physically bringing your ideas to life on a page, pick up these these this collection because it is astounding. That's awesome. You, you get a glimpse into into. Pardon me. What's what's the price point? Um, nineteen fourteen at Amazon. It's right. It's three hardcover books. Um, the list price is twenty nine dollars. Different sizes, right? Yes, there's an actual. Each book is is named one third of the title of the overall collection. The first book is called B, and the middle book is called A, and the last one's called Nose. And um, there's even a nod to his work on the wacky packages <laughs> on on the back of the the first book. But uh, yeah, it's um, McSweeney's is offering it for twenty two. As a special deal, but I think Amazon's the best price. And they even uh, fabricated a little um, book. What do you call it? The 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 elastic thing you used to put around your books when you were a kid. Yes. To, ca- to carry them home, like a book. Um, well, we didn't. A book. We weren't, well, we weren't growing up in the forties, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, like a book. <laughs> a book band. It's really cool. It's and awesome. uh, he he cuts himself exactly. to to the quick through these sketchbooks like you would not believe. He has I don't know if he has a complex, but he he's not aware of the magnitude of his skill. If he is, he hides it very well uh, because. Um, Is the anti Dave Sim? Yeah, there's there are uh, like there's some humor in it. He does two pages on Dick Briefer's Frankenstein. Uh, Well, he he draws the the monstrous version of Briefer's Frankenstein. Then he does the the comical version with the nose that was between the eyebrows. Did you ever see Uh Dick Briefer's Frankenstein? Uh, and he he does like little cute little captions like one a brain damaged sociopathic psycho loner looking for a friend the other an affable schmo everyman and then there's the bride of Frankenstein on the bottom of the page saying whose dick was briefer 
you know, like goofy <laughs> little goofy little things that you would only put in a sketchbook because. And and he goes into this in the there's an accompanying booklet that reveals his thoughts behind this. He has a problem with drawing in sketchbooks because he'll he'll take it to a certain point and if he's if he likes what he's done in the first like say ten pages, he won't do any more in that book for fear of screwing up the book. Ah uh, yes. And and he'll just put it on the shelf. Whereas if he does maybe two or three pages and he doesn't like what he did, he won't continue it again because he doesn't <laughs> want to belabor the point. And the guy is a he's a master. There there's a, a man sitting uh, supposedly in a chair and he didn't draw the chair and he said if you make enough drawing mistakes can it be called a style like he cuts himself to the quick constantly <laughs> in this thing um, cartoonists and undertakers make boxes and fill them same business and and there's a montage of just like uh, characters and mouses in it and there's a skeletal mouse in the background and there's himself as the mouse drawing on his drawing board it's just a uh-huh. phenomenal freaking yeah, you have to. Yeah, nice job selling me. Yes, it's beautiful. One more thing. Actually, talks me into buying something. One more thing. There's a, a a page with comic book pages littered across this battlefield, and they all have X's in their their eyes, like they're anthropomorphic. Mm-hmm. Which is the third time I said that word this this podcast. I got oh, the title of the episode. There, there's you a love anthropomorphic. There, I do. There, there's you anthropomorphic do. comic panel pages and. He on the facing page he writes finished art, ink and bloodstained pages on the <laughs> battlefield left to die abandoned after being overworked and hacked away at all their spontaneity beaten out of them they're finished like the guy discards art like crazy, and and he's and he's a master so, it's 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 insane it, for a, a glimpse into one of the creative geniuses of our time you got to get this this collection it's beautiful. You know what awesome. I just did for you, Vince? You know what I just what, did? You put it on our Amazon. <laughs> right um, there underneath Vince Recommends. Yep. Nice. It's gorgeous. And the other thing I read I said was Warren Ellis's Ruins. Mm-hmm. I love Warren Ellis like a brother, <laughs> but I do not get the point of Ruins. I, I, maybe I'm missing it. like the anti-Marvels or something? It, exactly. It's okay. it, fe- it features Philip it's, Sheldon. That's, that's, I was just going to ask him. from Marvels. He's the main character, but the, the, Ellis makes a point of saying the slightest instance changed the entire universe forever. Like it's an offshoot of the it's Marvel like a universe, effect, right? Yeah. Right. It's it's not the Marvels universe, right? That Kurt Busiek created. It it's, was a two issue. Yes, it was a two issue series. Some I think the second issue was incredibly hard to get, so Marvel yeah. published it as a, a collected edition of two issues for four ninety nine. Yep. Gorgeous, absolutely stunning art by Cliff and Therese Nielsen. Huh? Just amazing, textured, beautifully painted art. But I'll tell you, it's like they should have called it Warren Ellis Skull Fucks the Corpse of the Marvel Universe. Because <laughs> oh, wow. It, it, wow. No, it is the most depressing friggin' yeah. book I, I, I've read. In the first page alone, the Avengers Quinjet gets blown to, sh- to smithereens, killing everybody involved. Uh, the Kree, uh, the survivors of the Kree Empire all have cancer, and they're held in concentration camps. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hawkeye's assassinated in the middle of the street. Fucker can't get a break. No, honestly, really guy. The 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 Hulk 
is a, a quivering mass of cancerous tumors. Nice. No, it's it's really it, uh, it's really amazingly downbeat, and I I, I made it through. Uh, Jean Grey selling her body for twenty bucks a hit. Uh, it, it's just like Warren Ellis just raping. How the did he, how did he defile Sue? You know, I I don't recall the Fantastic Four ever being a part of it. Which thank God because it's kind, yeah. it's kind of like the current Marvel universe. Yeah, I could find some ways to defile Sue. <laughs> nice. But, you oh, you know, the Enchantress is a porn star. Of course, um, anyway. Magneto is all kinds of messed up. Touchy subject with Magneto. It, it, it's it's really um, Wilson Fisk is a security guard at a prison, housing all the X Men. They they amputated Quicksilver's legs and arms. It's nice. just it's incredibly morose, just actually sadistic. It it really is. And I, I maybe some of the guys in the forum can clue me in, but I don't understand the it's point of this thing. Yeah. No, I I just don't get it. <laughs> you mentioned Magneto. I don't know who out there has already read the latest issue of Uncanny X-Men. Uh, and number two, since you were going off on anthropomorphic so much, uh, ding, ding, ding. you want to dig out my uh, my issues of Omaha. Ooh, the cat dancer. Sexy. Man. Reed Waller. Excellent. And Kate Worley. Didn't Reed Waller pass away? He was dwindling as the years went on i want to say he did finally succumb because mm-hmm. i remember all the benefit books yes yeah yeah uh omaha is one of those series that uh once once you open the cover as an adolescent there's no turning back <laughs> you want to see funny <laughs> yeah. animals bonking and and just funny animal dicks that's the book for you <laughs> it was foul but I, all kinds of good foul really what else we got? Take us up after ruins. There's, it's too depressing. Black Let's Lightning Year One. Let, yeah, all right. Holly Hamner. Uh, yes, and as I was explaining to Chris last no, night, no, uh, uh, Greg Rucka's wife. Yes. Well, right. yes. As as the writer, yes, we don't want to. We don't want to. This, you know, we don't want to anger the the Rucka gods. But got he, your back, uh, Greg. He's got they, your back. <laughs> um, no, no, and Jen, Jen Van Meter. I, I, yes. I was just joking, just referring to her as Greg's wife, but she's uh, she's an outstanding writer in her in her own right. So, which is why she's not Jan Rutka. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I don't know. I don't ask. <laughs> I just bring him his food when he rings the bell. <laughs> uh, and and real quick, uh, I, uh, just, <laughs> I, I'm scared. Um, no, God love you, the uh, the. <laughs> Uh, Reed, Reed Waller did uh, because of all the um, 
the, the, the benefits because of the success of, of, of the benefit books, the procedures did save his life. Oh, geez, I feel like a dick now. That's okay. We can leave that out. No. Hey. Okay, hey. You know, I was just, my I'm, track record on the forum today, I'm destined to make a mistake this episode. So, yeah. So, in any <laughs> case. Um, oh, and there's, there's some Charles Burns things in the uh, speaking oh, of the book. I forgot. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Chris Sorry. last night because he said that he was, uh, we were talking about Black Lightning for a quick second and, uh, and how he's going to pick that up either in the single issues, which I'm sure Mark Beatty has has all six issues, and I'm, I'm I don't know. I didn't look at the June previews yet for DC, so I don't know if it's solicited yet. Um, but this is unlike this isn't a Cully Hanner that that I, I remember Cully on on Green Lantern Mosaic. Um, I remember uh, and oh, okay, fine. It, early, we'll see. I wasn't following the Jaime Blue Beetle in the beginning, so I don't know really how his art looked there. Or but as Chris here, would say, Jamie. Yes, well, I'm not Chris. Because he's the better looking one. The the uh this issue and, and it's it's uh did I did I say who did the colors last time? I think you did, but why don't you just repeat it for the sake of uh completeness? Laura Martin. Yes. Oh. Eisner Eisner Award winning colorist Laura Martin. Um Yes, she yes. is. And uh this has a very especially with the main villain, this Cully looks like he's channeling some like Waringo on these pages. Nice. Yeah, it's it doesn't look like the Cully I'm I'm familiar with. I I remember all the Geigen studio the, the or the Geigen, uh studio members, Adam Hughes, Brian Stelfreeze. Geigen is a Godzilla villain. Okay. So then Geigen. <laughs> there you go. Which is, you know, of course, bloody infidel. So they they this just doesn't look like the Cully I'm I'm familiar with and it just it you could Kind of tell it's Cully, but it's still like because you know I, I say his first name because we're boys. But the the uh, mm-hmm. the the art is just what's cool is that this is actually a year one that takes place over the course of one year. It starts off with 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 Jefferson taking his family back to Suicide Slum, or even Superman doesn't fly over because you know he's punk. The uh, the God, take that back. <laughs> I take it back just for you. Actually, he draws a kick-ass Superman. Superman makes an appearance in a couple of scenes, and and it um, Clark Kent's a bigger part of this book than Superman is, but but he he draws a really sweet looking Superman. The the uh, Superman show up in the second issue. Superman shows up in you know what does he? Clark Kent does. No, I don't think we actually see. Oh, they the, broke the pattern. The the Boy Scout in the second issue, just Clark. I guess if you want to cut it and say that uh, that at least. His alter ego shows up. There's that, mm-hmm. but no, there is no no Superman appearance in the second issue. Um, but it, it it starts off with, with Jefferson taking his family to, to suicide back home to suicide slum, where he's going to be the uh, the principal for the school. Uh, so it's the end of the summer, right before the school year, and the the last issue takes place on uh, on Juneteenth. So it it's, takes place June nineteenth. So there's your year. It's a real cool story. The, the villain, aside from Tobias Whale, wasn't one that I'm familiar with, uh, which I'm sure you know this Jen Van Meter created for for this series and uh, Black Lightning, created by Tony Isabella and Trevor Von Eden, says that nice. beginning of every book. So that's that that, that I like to see. Uh, you know, it it, it uh, talks about the 
Does Tony? I'm sorry. Does Tony still do his columns for the CBG? He does the he does his reviews. Nice. Yeah, uh, and he does do some some Tony's tips. So yeah, awesome. Um, and he'll do a little flashback uh, bullet point thing through throughout the price guide where he'll talk about like his time on Champions and how he and John Byrne were supposed to do something really big with the book, but then it was canceled. Uh, so I may have to start getting that again. Sorry, okay. that's okay. Um, the the old family friend, the tailor, who who, who happens to be a tailor, he um, he helps Jefferson um, with the look that uh, with, with 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 the jacket and 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 you know explains the it, it it's kind of a it's a pretty funky way of of giving the reader how his costume and his, and his powers work. We don't really get into his powers or, or what his origin is, like how he got his powers. Uh, we're just well, you know he, it's he's big doings now. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're a member of the JLA. Well, right? not anymore. Not anymore. He's well, the I JLA mean, JLA right. because he's going to go lead the Outsiders. You have your, your very own infinite, oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. Your very own Final Crisis kind of sort of special. Yeah. yeah. You're so, right. It, it's big doings. Hey, I don't. I, 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 I almost Jim Apparo was drunk. Yeah, you almost did. You did. I slap myself. Sorry. <laughs> Call you <laughs> Sally. To Cully Hamner, the, the latest DC exclusive. Artists. Good for him. No, oh, awesome. He's mm-hmm. really good. He is. Yes. But yeah, I, I definitely recommend. I mean, right up there with Teen Titans Year One and uh, and that little book that uh, that Frank Miller wrote years ago, Batman Year One. Those this ranks up there with with, with the good Year One stories. Eddie, Eddie cool. Praise. You know, speaking of Frank Miller, Mike, um, my buddy Mike, who happy birthday, happy Mike. birthday, Mike. Dowdy, yeah, Dowdy hey, Ube on the forum. He he recently bought. <laughs> He he recently bought the uh, All Star Batman and Robin collection, the first one, Oof. and I and I said, why the hell did you buy that? Not only <laughs> is did I not enjoy the story, but you will never see an end to that book. He's like, what do you mean? It's on hiatus, which there they might go. as well just you they, add they, it to that list. You guys, there run it goes, down. another list. Yeah, they might as well just say, you know, we're never going to finish All Star <laughs> Batman and Robin because Frank Miller's insane and Jim Lee's doing. Too much work for the MM more GPDQLMLK. Yeah, yeah, and so you'll. I don't. I would be very surprised if they ever wrap that series up. Yeah, it'll be yeah. a real shame too. But I, I mean, I would like to see it collected because, <laughs> or finished at least, because say what you will about the story, and I do get it, and it's fun, and there's a certain charm to it. Jim Lee can still draw like a bastard. He's a great draftsman. Aren't yeah. aren't Frank Quietly and or Quietly and uh, Morris and Morrison doing All Star Batman and no. Robin? No, it's, no, it's not called All Star Robin. Right, that'll be continuity. Oh, uh, oh, okay. So it okay. And, and the be, pre- the preview images, I swear, I almost popped a yeah. Yeah, I got it yeah, real yeah. excited when I saw them. I'm super Amazing. excited. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love the Batmobile I, smoke and what we little we can see of it. I, I, I love the way more I love the way quietly draws the, the a costume, a uniform, an outfit yep. on, on a character. Yep. It, it actually has wrinkles. Oh yes. my god. Oh my god. <laughs> and 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 not to keep going back because we seem to move forward and then uh Kate Worley we're, passed away in two thousand four. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. So back to the downer. That's a downer. Let's get up. Boing. Let's get up. Let's talk about something <laughs> upbeat. What, what is there upbeat to talk about? Ooh, I know. Oh. Jaja Origins. Oh, go ahead. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, the, the the pending cage match between I said origins. Jason. I said origins. <laughs> oh, I said okay. origins. Well, <laughs> I have to say, speaking of downers, I did not know that Origins and Cobra were limited series. I am bummed <sighs> by that. Oh, yes. I'm not bummed. I'm not bummed. No, no. I, I, th- I think you'll probably... right. Yeah, I, I think you'll see them, if they're successful, I think you'll continue to see them do limited series uh, that right. will that will mm-hmm. kind of run concurrently with the the mainline Joe series which I think is great I think G.I. Joe Major Blood well that's what they've been doing with the Transformers you had um, Infiltration Stormbringer Escalation and now you have All Hail Megatron but they also Stop have Megatron. a Stop It they, they also have a, a series called Maximum Dinobots which figures in to the events that's going on in All Hail Megatron, albeit on the periphery, but they still they they still gel, and even the spotlight issues of Transformers connect to the the overall. Uh, they have a plan. Shane McCarthy's writing All Hail Megatron, you know. Yes, yes, and doing a great job. Yourself last week, yes, I know. Yes, um, but yeah, IDW definitely know what they want to do with their properties. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're doing good. They're doing good yeah. work right now. Like yeah. like the IDW. Um, and and Robert Atkins is a member of our forum. Mm-hmm. So if you like his if you like his work on GI Joe, come to our forum. You can tell him how much you like it. Let That's him awesome. Know. And yeah. and and if you want to meet uh, Robert in person, um, <laughs> we talked today. He's gonna he's gonna be uh, he's going to be an artist at the Windy City Comic Con. So yep. So I'm I'm really glad that uh, that Wood tore him down uh, last week. Stop and, it. Uh, oh, <laughs> this is ridiculous. That's, that's ridiculous. I'm glad you bring this up because this will tie into something we did last week. We alluded to something. Um, here's my issue, and I always say this about the internet: it's very easy for people to, you know. And our, our buddy Mike Norton experienced some pain when he went to the DC forums and he saw some of the the craziness that goes on there. And 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 vitriol. Yeah, that yeah. Kills me. So, so here's my thing. Here's my rule of thumb when it comes to the internet. Whether you, you're doing a podcast, you're writing a blog, or you're on a forum, the way I hold myself accountable, and the way I would hope that other people do as well, is that anything you say on any type of new media, as long as you're willing to say say or write that exact same thing to a person's face, mm-hmm. and by all means, say whatever you want. If you feel comfortable going up to a person and saying that their stuff sucks or you hate it or you think they shouldn't be in the business and if you see them at a con or at a meet and greet or at a bar you're willing to say that to them too well then i'm not going to judge you but i think all too often it's way too easy on the internet especially and and less so on podcasts because at least people know who we are in that case but when you can be anonymous people just let the vitriol and the hatred and the fanboyism come out without really thinking about the fact there's a real human being on the other side of that and the reason i know chris was joking but the reason i think this is worth bringing up is because you know i had some issues last week with another person on the forums that uh another forum about the way they were handling their approach toward criticizing an artist and as you mentioned uh you know atkins is a longtime listener of our show and he popped into the forums and in a very good-natured way you know gave us a little ribbing about some of the things that you know uh i and david had said about the series and you know david really criticized the the story not the art and what i had said was you know the first issue i liked very much and i thought it was really good art and and not what i expected i thought the second issue took a little bit of a step back Mm -hmm. and chris you pointed out in the episode that you thought issue three bounced back and and i read three today and i agree with you um but you know uh but robert made a point of saying that i guess i had brought up the idea of licensed comic art there being a subcategory and and i wanted to at least touch on that because i think it's it it sounded like he was kind of surprised by that now i don't 
I guess I don't view it as that surprising because um, there it's, was a stigma. It, it, it's a stereotype, and stereotypes yeah. they they come from somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> you know, right. And it, and who started the stereotype? Let's be honest. Who started it? Where well, did it all originate from? Freaking Marvel. There was a time when Marvel would hack out any kind of book that they could a licensed property that they could get a, I'm not saying these books weren't bad but look at the stretch Star Ears you know <laughs> Mask no, uh, right. Defenders exactly. of the and, Universe like just anything they could get their hands on I, I think of, of Star Wars which is you know for, for better or worse had some kind of comic book series going on for you know a couple decades now. I, I have tried in, on many occasion to pick up random older Star Wars trades and, and read them and, and I've often not found the art very aesthetically pleasing to me and right. it's put me off now the stuff of late i've i've thought was better and, and i think that uh to idw's credit a lot of the stuff they're doing including you know the guido guidi stuff and 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 the gi joe stuff awesome. um tom feaster stuff and 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 i can stuff is, is quite good so I, I think maybe these other companies are taking it more seriously and i hope that's true but i do think fair or unfair they have a uphill battle to fight with many comic fans who will not give it a try because it's licensed. Again, I'm right. not saying it's fair or deserving. I'm saying that that stigma exists. But the reason I, I did want to get into this is that I, I just, again, I think there's a, there, hopefully this will serve as an example to people in that I, I, I assume since, since Robert says he listens to episode, he's going to hear in this episode. And, and I wanted to be clear, you know, if I were sitting at a, a bar at Windy City with Robert, I would tell him the same thing. I think you would tell him that his art sucks right to his face. No, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> he, he posted, Speaking of stereotypes, he posted pencils of a stunning pages uh, in our forum today. They are stunning pages, and to be fair, a few of those pages are from the second issue that I. Did passively criticize uh, an episode or two ago. So you may ask yourself, well, are you con- are you backpedaling? No. In fact, I think this is a great example. And, and again, I, I don't, I honestly don't know the anchor. I don't know the colorist. I, I, I'm not that familiar with their, their other work. But all I can tell you is that I matched up today the pencils that, that Robert was kind enough to post and the pages. And while I have nothing against the finished pages, I, I don't think they're bad. I didn't say they were bad. I said I didn't think that they were great. I think the pages do not, to be fair, do justice to the pencils. And I would right. tell that to him. I would tell it to his anchor. I would tell it to his colorist. And I think that's just being honest. But the point like, is, is I think there's a big difference between being honest with someone about what they think of their art or their writing, because we're very critical of writers, I think even much more so than, than artists for some reason on the show, um, versus that or just saying that someone sucks or isn't a good draftsman. I think yeah, you that, don't want You don't want to be belligerent about correct, it. You wanna, correct. You want to so, right. be, be critical because that's what we do. You know, we're we're yeah. trying to review books and talk about Correct. them intelligently, but also we're also a, a group of friends that sit mm-hmm. around and drink beer, and so we're gonna you know bullshit with each other and 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 yak it up. But I think whenever we talk about comics, we're passionate about it. And we want to be um, somewhat intelligent about it. So yeah, it, uh, there's not anyone. Uh, of the four of us that are going to say this guy's art blows or this guy it that's not that's not what we're here to do yeah. uh, because, whether we again, like it or not you know it's we're going to yeah. always be you're going to be critical about it and that's that's not always kind but it's you know you're trying to do it with with some level of 
at least uh, semi-educated um, opinion about it. Right. Yep. right. Yep. It's like you said to me in the email message, what would I do if I was ever face-to-face with Greg Land? Would I hide it? No. I'd say, you know, pleasure to meet you. You know, try harder. That's it. Right. And ultimately, Greg Land's art is not bad. It is just not the kind of art that I'm looking for. Right. I, I can't for a minute say that it's, it's an bad audience art. for it. There, there are, there is no such thing as bad art, and I will argue that point to my dying breath. Hey, eleven o'clock comics. It's Blazefire thirty three checking in to promote one other comic, just like last week, and this one is very important because it's my kissing ass to Vince B. If you haven't picked up Mysterious the Unfathomable, what are you waiting for? This is a great book. Writer Jeff Parker and art and cover by Tom Fowler. Great team that always, throughout the entire book, seem to just click. And if you're not picking it up, you really need to. Besides that, I got nothing else to say except Thunderbolt number 130 came out this week. And just as I thought it would, it gave me everything I needed with a little Deadpool. Peace. Well, and, and since we are talking about art real quick, I did want to get a little rant in because I'm not just to show that I'm not afraid of a rant. Um, and, and I mentioned oh, this to you guys. I think I know what's coming. Yeah, listen. Um, let, let me preface this by saying um, Extreme X-Men is often ridiculed for being a one of the many, as it turns out to be, one of the many Chris Claremont exit vehicles that they seem to be compelled to give him that, that doesn't really go anywhere. Now, I don't want to speak for David, but I actually was really excited when Extreme X-Men first launched because it was uh, kind of a new team. You know, there's some old characters, but the premise was, was pretty cool at the start. Now, unfortunately, the, the, the book quickly went completely away from that premise and, and, and didn't ever go back. But the reason I bring that up is because uh, Extreme F- X-Men was, was, uh, was largely illustrated, penciled by Salvador La Roca. And uh, at the time, I thought he drew his ass off. Uh, in fact, one of my favorite female Marvel characters to this day is Sage, and in no small part because of the gorgeous way that he drew her. Um, I mention this because you know many artists change their styles, they find new techniques, and that's fine. Uh, and I also don't intrinsically have an issue against photorealism, as they call it, or using reference for the sake of it. I don't have a problem with that. But where I do go nuts and... and, and LaRocca is the penciler on Invincible Iron Man right now. I read four or five issues of that this week. It just drives me nuts that a guy I know because I've seen, I own comics that he's not used references, obviously. It drives me nuts now that when I look at his comics, I it's not so much that I he uses reference. It's that he uses different reference for the same characters in the same book. And they're such recognizable references that it's literally like you're looking through Entertainment Weekly, and in one panel, Tony Stark is the guy from Lost that plays Sawyer, and in the next panel, he is Robert Downey Jr. And it's just infuriating <laughs> to me that someone that I know is a better draftsman than that could mm-hmm. take this route. And again, as you say, Vince, am I saying Salva Little Rook is a bad artist? No, he's not. No. I have plenty of comics in my collection by LaRocca that I've enjoyed, and I know for a fact he can 
personally illustrate without reference great sequential pages. But for whatever reason, whether it be convenience or because he likes it or it's faster time. or whatever, he Walk is using reference to a fault now, and it's killing me. Because if you're going to use reference, use the same. If you're going to if you're going to draw Tony Stark to look like Sawyer, draw him to look like Sawyer in every panel. That's all I ask. Be consistent. I tell some of the students that um, come through the uh, cartooning course at uh, my place of employment. Do not be the slave to the reference material. Be the master. Make it work for you. Don't work for the reference material. Mold it. Shape it. Use it to get where you want to go. Don't be bound by it. That's the whole thing. If you are, if you duplicate the reference material to a fault, that's not in your best interest because, like you said, you pick it out. You know where this reference material is coming from. You can do it in a way where you make it work for you. So I couldn't enjoy New Universal. I couldn't. Uh, we, Vince and I were not visually big fans of the Sensational Spider-Man Annual, especially with Peter oh, and his big hand. You're right. <laughs> no, that that. Uh, well, you guys I, that was Blair Man, right? Because you guys have talked about how much you. I'm a couple that. issues behind, oh, but yeah, it's a there's, great, it's there's a great no, story. Yeah, it's a great no way to help. Right, doing, and again, I don't. <laughs> it's not like I'm appalled by the the artwork. I'm not like oh, but but it's just, dude. I mean. Iron Man? Get the hell out of here. I would never read an Iron Man book. <laughs> I didn't say that's what you guys He meant the smart geez. ones. Why don't you just publish a Hitler title? There you oh, go. I'll read that before oh, I read Iron Man. Oh, oh. I think the used Hitler in reference a few times, oh, actually. Shit. There you go. Nice. <laughs> Stark oh, yeah. Youth. I know it's a long, long tangent, but I just wanted to say I think there are ways you can... I never want to not be honest about what I think of a book, but I, I, I do think there are certain ways you can handle it and... Uh, and there are other times when I think criticism is fair, and I think LaRocca right. is an established big enough name that I think you got to call a spade a spade. And if someone, whether it be an artist or someone else that's reading the book, wants to come on and, and, and or forums and defend that they think I'm nuts or overly critical, uh, I'm willing to listen. But, you know, again, I, 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 it will be a hard road to convince me that I'm seeing something that I'm not seeing there, which is. And, and which I is, agree with you about Extreme X Men and, and, and even Fantastic more. Four. And yeah. another t- another mm-hmm. tick in LaRocca's column, they shot that artwork, f- artwork from his pencils. That's completely unmolested LaRocca, it, and it is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Stunning. Just his line in that goes on forever. Oh, just beautiful. In that book. Right. Just beautiful sweeping curves, and just uh, the guy had a lockdown on anatomy that I, I envied him. Well, and, well, then, okay. and then you put that side by side with the spectacular Spider-Man annual, and it's like, did you farm this out? Did someone else do this and put your name on it? Well, you're an artist, and, and you defended, you've defended SF other artists that, that shall go unnamed, but uh, of the use of reference or the need to use reference. So if you're just to guesstimate, do you just think it's simply a thing where he's... It's a time issue. You're right. It's just, it's just easier yeah. for him to use it, and he figures what the hell? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I would think so, yeah. Uh, when you have to do 22 plus pages a month and you're getting down to the wire, it, it you can you you try and Mike Norton can speak to this uh, as well as Steve and, and every other uh, Steve Bryant and every other artist on our forum. When 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 the uh, the home stretch is coming and you have to shave time off your 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 uh, uh, what what the hell am I trying to say? If you're trying to cut corners and get the job friggin' done, you will use reference as a crutch. And I'm not saying that they all do it. Right. John Byrne f- is incredibly fast. And f- to my knowledge, I've never seen a John Byrne panel where I can pick out the reference. 
Yeah. No, no, definitely not. Even in like uh, sky cityscapes, things like that. Though yeah. it could. It, Although he will use 3D to cut corners. Yeah. Yeah. And, and which which he's still creating it. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have him concentrate on on drawing a page than than doing that funky lettering he was. It's it's like that Chuck. But, yeah, that Chuck Austin war machine. Oh God! Any anybody who has ever fired up Poser <laughs> knows where those friggin' figures came from. Oh, and uh, and it says, "Are we that stupid?" I know how you did this book, and yes, it, it's clever, and it you did tell the story to a certain degree, and it got the job done. But as far as aesthetics, eh, you know, it's falling a little short. Yeah, it tends to look a little stiff to me. And yeah, just because the tools are out there doesn't yeah. mean you should use them. There you go. But I don't like to, to disparage artists because even though LaRocca is not, I mean, he's a shadow of, of the dude that penciled yeah. ex- Extreme X-Men. He still has that, he still has the ability. Just I would just love to see him do it again. No, I don't, I mean, I, you pay your money, you read this comic book, you know, so you kind of earned your right to, to, give your opinion of it and it's your opinion right. but it's yeah. not you know and you might feel guilty or might feel bad because you're saying something that you know isn't exactly positive but and you may not even have anything constructive to say it's not like you could say well I would have drawn them different if, if you don't know what you're doing if you can't do it then it might not be easy to say but you know what your eye likes so that that's what it comes and, down to and again we don't know every scrap of information concerning LaRocca. Maybe he has a a uh, Bernie Wright's an eye thing going on. You know, maybe he has problems uh, with his f- family. Maybe someone's sick. We don't know every every shred of information, like the Kubert thing. Jesus, why can't they get a book out? What's taking them so long? Well, it turns out that their mother was very sick and eventually passed away. So what do you do? Do you draw a comic book or do you spend time with your mother who may not be here tomorrow? I don't think it's even a matter of you don't even have to make the choice. So we don't we're not informed enough to say conclusively that Salvador is not doing his the best he can. Maybe there's something hampering his his his, his work. We don't know. But from what's on the page, not the same dude. Yeah, no, agree. Yeah. It's a downer of an episode, man. No, it was it was an upbeat. We, we were positive. <laughs> there there's we're not saying it's hopeless. It, there's still hope there for Salvador. He could knock one out of a park, and I'm I'm rooting for him. Me too. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's it. That's, that's all we got. Let's get no, out of here. Uh, one more thing. One more pimp. Uh, oh, uh, pimp it. Dude, to hump. Wild pig. Wild pig sale, baby. <laughs> oh, that's right. I can't, Vincent, you're not going to be there. I'm crushed. No, I can't. I got to do right by my kids. I can't. I understand. Well, for anyone that's in the tri-state area and uh, has ever heard of Kenilworth, New Jersey, which is in <laughs> central New Jersey, uh, who snickered? David. Who snickered over there, Mr. Chicago? David, that was a price snicker. Uh, oh, all right, price. Uh, I don't. I don't even know what a what a New Jersey is. Oh, <laughs> hey, Jersey didn't it give birth to, it's, to it's, one it, of the one of the best musicians slash songwriters of our time? Bon Jovi. Oh, is it? Is it Dave, is it, Dave, Win, Dave Windorf's from Jersey. Yeah, there you yeah. go, Dave. Come on. It's it's one okay, of the bull it's, god. it's one of the it's one of the states on the east coast, right? It's I'm over there. It's, anyway, on, it's, anyway. on, it's on the right side of the map. Yeah. Uh Wild Pig Comics is actually celebrating its tenth anniversary, and I've talked several times on the show about uh, their fantastic fifty percent off sales which happen every six months. Uh their their mega sale is this weekend. It's uh the 
28th and 29th, Saturday, Sunday. It opens up at noon on Saturday. They're open up all through the night, 29 hours straight through 5 p.m. on Sunday. Um, and all I can say is if you like buying comics on the cheap and you like getting good selection, you don't like getting ripped off, you got and you're close to Jersey, it's worth coming out. This sale, they're going to have 60,000 back issues, which is an obscene amount. I can't even fathom mm-hmm. how many. It's a lot of paper. Uh, I think 2,500 trades, a uh, couple hundred DVDs, and they also do a raffle uh, at 2 o'clock on Saturday where they give away a lot of badass stuff. Last year, I won the, the Kirby Omnibus. They gave away a bunch of uh, X-Men and Daredevil Omnibuy last sale. So, um, And this time, they are doing a they do a 24-hour comic book thing, so they have a bunch of artists that are going to be there doing sketches and comics. Uh, Daniel Corsetto from Girls nice. of Slingshots will be there. Mm-hmm. Jamie Hatton, who does the hilarious webcomic in his likeness. Um, Dave Gallagher and Steve Ellis, who uh, do the uh, the Zuda comic, High Noon, or High Moon, rather. Yeah, High Moon. Um, oh, really? Couple, yeah, yeah. A um, couple other guys. Uh, Erica Hesse is going to be there, who who probably some of you know from the CGS forum. She's a pinup artist and put out her own book, I think, called The Key, and, and a few other people I can't think of right now. But uh, but there's seven or eight artists going to be there, and it's it's definitely worth your time. It's 50% off wall books, uh, you know, long boxes, trades, anything else in the store, and it's legit 50% off. It's not like they mark up stuff beforehand. So uh, I'm right. super geeked. I'll be there. I'll be in line at, at 11 o'clock probably waiting with a bunch of other people ready to do this. So uh, hope right. to see you guys there. I know a lot of people have said they're going to be there, and it'll be, it's usually a lot of fun. And usually before and after, there's some kind of socializing, whether it be getting something to eat or you know uh, grabbing a drink or something. So it's, right. it's definitely worth, worth, a, worth it if you're in the area. And if you have to, muscle yourself to the front of the line. Get in there. And if you see a copy of Jeff Loeb and Simone Bianchi's Evolutions Trade, <laughs> grab that fucker because it's so damn good. And it's canon. You know, I try and be a nice guy, and oh my, my co-hosts just beseech me. I, I, you know I, I, I love you. I comics every week, and Sal shits on me. I go on the uh, I paid Sal to shit on me, and he's doing it for you for I free. I listen to the show, and he craps on me. It's like, i got to start being more of a dick, I think. Yeah, and Sal will be with us. No, I'm glad you mentioned him. Sal will be with us next week yeah. for our 50th episode. Yeah. We have the dynamic duo of Neesman and Salazar. Speaking of, of we of, should charge for this shit. Speaking of inaugural episodes, <laughs> David, didn't you have something to say about our your anniversary? Our yeah. anniversary? 52 episodes. Yeah. With 52 episodes, yes. All right. So, well, 51. But yeah, so a year, uh, we figured we'd uh, throw out the Q&A again. Uh, nothing... Um, Nothing specific, although I was I, I I was thinking that being a year would be a milestone, and and if if there was a question or two about milestones that had to do with us, whether it was a, our favorite milestone in in comics or things like that, but it's going to be worked out a little differently than than the last two Q and As. Uh, we're going to try to have some f- sort of 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 order to to the chaos, and especially since we'll be uh, reading the questions off the forum. Vince will probably be reading them off as, as, as we answer them. Uh, how it'll be set up, there'll be a thread either this weekend or over the next couple of days. We'll start a thread. Everybody can post in the thread, ask a, did we say two or three questions? It doesn't matter. It, I would say one or two. Why, you think it's just going to be a clusterfuck from Joe? Yeah, but I would say one. Oh, it's going to be a cluster, whatever we do. I would one or two, and then we, guar- we, we give you no guarantee that we're going to answer more beyond that. Well, okay. no, yeah, two questions is cool. Okay, but but like David said, don't. I say I say we, two we que- I say two questions and a comment. 
Okay, that's cool. That's very cool. I oh, like I don't. two questions but, and, but, and, and wait and, and a comment and but don't yeah I, and we I know don't, we don't want to. We love I our say, I say, I say, two questions, a comma, and a dirty limerick, and a dirty limerick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez! Your sister's phone up. But, but like, like David says, please, if for the love of Jeebus, if you're going to post in in the thread, and we really hope that you participate because we do this because we love every one on our forum. Don't post two questions, and then post again with comments and on the can, questions you above you. Let's post. just keep it. In the thread, you go back and edit yours. Right, you that's what I was question. trying to say. But I had price disease there for a second. It's understandable. Sorry. I know. It's, it, I, I know. I'm too, too close to you. That's what it is. <laughs> Your tongue's in my ear. The, the thing is, it's it, not my tongue. Why is it so wet? The it's your clit. You, you can't. You can't <laughs> Jesus Christ! You can't. Don't. Don't. You know. So so you have a question on page one. On page five, don't ask another question. Or or don't you know? Because we're going. Well, don't don't say don't. We would appreciate no, if you didn't, right. because well, it then just confuses. If, if I say you're, no, you're right. It'll confuse them. Other instead of you know me deleting their post and I'm going, where the fuck did it go? You're right. The, I won't <laughs> say don't. I just won't be a prick in the thread. I guess. Just in, just, in that just, go, just go on. Just go on the <laughs> thread. thread. <laughs> a, 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 ask a couple questions, and we'll yes. try and get to them. It's right, not, and they don't have hard. to be necessarily comic related. They could be because that's a, after all, that's what we that's try what we're and doing. do here. Yeah. But I mean, if you want, like you know, just something off the wall. I love off the wall questions, like boxers or briefs or Jello or it's, it's, you know, yogurt, like whatever. When it's cradled and yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Just I mean, get, get nuts. We want to have fun with yeah. this. Go crazy. Have fun. Yeah, that's that'll, so that'll be for episode fifty-two. There'll be a sticky thread. We'll 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 have it there, and. You know, so if you ask your question and then after a couple, you know, after 50 and 51 come out, you want to change your question, go ahead and, and edit it. We're not reading them until that night we record. So right. we're not answering David, them before then. David will be more than happy to sticky the thread because we, you know how much he loves, he loves the sticky thread. I want a whole fucking page of stickies. <laughs> yeah, baby. Potty mouth. Dude, potty mouth this episode. I'm, I'm this upset. episode. You're upset. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So is that all the business we have to, to um, I think cover? So. For, yeah, well, I think, yeah. No. All right. Um, thank you no. for being with us. Once you're you're cutting out, you almost never cut out, and you're cutting out pretty bad. No, I wasn't talking loud. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks for being with us, people. Uh, we'll be back next week. And uh, in the meantime, do yourself a favor and read Jonah Hex. Ooh. Yeah, I paged that's, through the JH. That's a good one. Yeah, have you guys looked at the J.H. Williams issue? Oh, good lord! It, it's it's astounding what this guy does with with lines. Love it. It's issue uh, thirty five, by the way. So yeah, read read any issue of Jonah X because it's all good. It's all good. All good. Uh, read Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah, for a couple more issues. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That yeah, like there's never a mistake on a solicit. Okay, never. Fine, just fine. Stop relying. <laughs> stop relying on fucking previews, people. I can't. I can't. Oh, oh, he brings it up right at the end. Oh, yes, he does. <sighs> uh, read GI Joe Origins, GI Joe, <laughs> and GI Joe. Yes, and come to our forum and th- and give Robert Atkins a hug because he's good at what he does. Give him karma. And I love his diet. That he never heard that before. Oh, Jesus oh. Christ! Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. All right, David. 
<laughs> Read Mysterious the Unfathomable. Yes, very good. And and, I, and welcome to Mr. Tom Fowler, who's now also a member of our forum. No yes. shit. I shit. hope they put this together in a hardcover. I bought the single issues, but yeah. God damn it, it is so good. I will buy it again in hardcover. I was reading the third yeah, issue before get... we started tonight. This shit's awesome. Well, yeah. apparently last week I had a little bit of trouble saying uh, unfathomable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Unfathomable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's great. You were funny last week. M the U. Oh, yeah, there you go. You were. I, I tell you what, work on Friday was not kind. Yeah, I love the PM you sent us after that. I don't even think it was an English word. It was just like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I said, oh, Chris is drunk. <laughs> yeah, you got to do that every once in a while. But uh, yeah, probably not again for a while. So I'm going to have to get drunk one of these weeks. You can't. Because all it's going to take is like three, <laughs> three or four, because I'm a, I'm a big baby. I want to I hear Wood. And read yeah. Agents of Atlas. Oh, okay. is that good? What? No, I don't I don't buy it. I'm waiting for the collected edition. Oh, you I, f- I only There's only one Marvel book I will buy in singles, and that's Amazing Spider-Man. Everything else is coming in collected Dude, you editions. you know who's pencil in the book now? Who that? Friend of the show, Gabriel Hardman. Oh, get out. Mm-hmm. I, I, can't, I, I would rather wait for the collected edition. Because mm-hmm. Marvel does superior... Collected editions, I love them. Nice. There you go. Scar, Son of Hulk came out this even week. Talk about it? all the, uh, the maybe next week the the DC news, the uh, the DC newspaper, the oh yeah, I'm back up Wednesday's comics. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. All right, I have to pack because I have to leave the country. All right, man. Bon voyage. Yes, I will um, miss you, Chris. Yes. Hold yes, on. just just Vince will miss you. That's all. No. <laughs> Can't speak for you. I've tried that. It doesn't work out very well. That's funny. <laughs> but I'll be, I'll oh be, my I'll, god! I'll be back next my, week and with my. If report. I had a dog, it would be screaming right now. Now is uh, is is Sal going? It's what? Yes, yeah, still. Sal, yeah. Yes. Okay. Sal yeah. will be here. Chris will be here because we're waiting for him to come back to do the show because we can't do the show without Chris. Wood? Yeah, we can make it through a week without Wood. But Chris, I don't think so. Okay. Well, if you guys want me to sit out, I can. So. No. Right. No, I'm just kidding. We can't make it a week without Wood either, because I love him. We love the Wood. You made it. All right. Even, even, even though every one of his sentences on Twitter is followed by a dollar sign. What's that about? <laughs> I have no idea. Well, that's a, that's for a reason, but I know. I'm All right, kidding. folks. I get a rule, but uh, everyone have a have a great week. Be kind to each other on the forums, and I'm gonna go get some yeah. sun. You nice. thought last week's outro was long? Jeez. I was just gonna what say. Yeah. <laughs> Be safe. We. we <laughs> <laughs> we should start about an hour and a half in. Say, okay, let's wrap it up. We got about a half hour to say goodbye. See you, people. Bye. Bye. He's out. Here, sleep at the bottom of hell. Your time is calling to pick the road. You walk in this town, turned in as a coward. You love Sickness and hell, there's only one. Now go and bite your. You'll see the worst of me with a hope they understand. No, they know you're just a boy. So grow up and be a man. Little baby, I'll kick and you screaming why. Victims pay the price eventually. The coast may cease for life. You've got
got nothing to prove. Oh, stay friend, young brother. You've got nothing to prove. Oh, you're who answer is in there to stare down the barrel. The sincerest apologies won't write you out of this one tonight. You'll find the right in the pool of the trigger now by. Oh, young fool. Do 